ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? That is correct. It is, it is, it is a scientific fact that I should really stop fucking with it when it's kind of working. <laughs> hey, it's working, right? Let me just dick with it. I can just yeah. get a little. Oh, it's, now it's messed up again. Ah, oh, Christ. It's, <sighs> here we go. Anyway. Yeah, baby. Here we are. You're here. It's the one, the only. Electronic reversal. And we welcome you to it. Of course, uh, we, we have with us the the lovely and talented Tim Mitchett. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going there, guys? It's going well. <clears throat> nice to be here in person. Studio it audience. is. Yeah, it's a rapidly diminishing studio audience, apparently. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is just like the Jerry Todd show. <laughs> <laughs> Good no cryons, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. You only... Change uh, some colors in the <laughs> on the board. <laughs> of course, re- returning guest uh, Tim, you you uh, w- were on the show before of what feels like a hundred thousand years ago, which seems about accurate for my personal time. Yeah, I have no idea when it was. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Is it everything you hoped it would be? This. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic down here. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. A, the, the 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 crowd is very. Uh, very appreciative. Yeah, a lot of people. And, uh, Josh is going to make you dance later. Like that's Ellen that's does. fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. It's a thing. We're, we're known for it. <laughs> no problem. Worldwide. Cool. Great. <laughs> I haven't danced since I was 18, but I'll do it. All right. This is Tonight's the night, baby. <laughs> it's, it's all happening. <laughs> I was at a wedding this weekend, and everyone was dancing, and me and my wife and a few of the other uh, couples in their 40s just didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. One guy's wife was like, "I'm gonna go dance," and he's like, "Oh God!" And so he had to get up and go out there and, you know, wander around. Yeah. Well, and it, it makes you feel good. It's enjoyable to do. I don't know why I don't do it. <sighs> it's it's. Why? What's wrong with what's wrong with this? I, I I personally don't really enjoy it, but like I get that others do. Like in yeah. the same way that I get that, like you know, like uh, macrame or uh, golf right. are, are things that, that people enjoy. And I I right. enjoy when people <clears throat> enjoy things. Sure. Yeah. But I hate like the idea that like it's a one size fits all thing. Like I am y- not. You should want to dance. Yeah. yeah that right. is irritating. I always hated it too when bands were like, uh, "Come on up closer to the stage, everybody." Yeah. Like why don't d- move around to Come our on. music? Everyone like, else does. Do like, it's like, can, do I I just, can I just like stand here and listen? Is yeah. that okay? Like, I never understood that. Yeah, that's the dancing imperative. Maybe yeah. that's why I don't do it. I think so. I that think could that, be. That, that, might, that might be it. Yeah. No, I was just like, fuck this. I see. That's that could be why I uh, I enjoy it, but I find it a solitary activity. <laughs> <laughs> the dance, the, the dancing imperative sounds like it would be an excellent six finger satellite B side. <laughs> yeah, it is a good title. Yeah, yeah it's good. <laughs> it's solid. Uh, of course, Tim uh, is not here just to talk about dancing. No, he, he's also here to tell you about uh, his 
his, his manifesto that, that that he's written. No, mm-hmm. I of course he. <laughs> Tim is a you know uh, is maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. You're a multi talented individual, but no, I don't have one. <laughs> best known as the as the guitarist and songwriter for Mint Mile, mm-hmm. for Potomus Pit, for sure. Silkworm, and I even dropped an Einheit reference before the show that's started yeah. earlier, which I know pretty, pretty, <laughs> one of many an Einheit. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you back, man. It's it's uh, thanks. It's, I, feel, I, I feel like in again in my personal timeline, I've seen you somewhat recently, but it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's great, great yeah. to be here. Uh, I was blown away recently mm-hmm. by a show that I saw where you played the twelve string, uh, the the, oh, the, yeah. the twelve string Barry. Yeah, yeah, I had to have that made because um, <clears throat> it didn't exist. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you could get a 12-string baritone guitar made by Dean, I think, that okay. had humbuckers and stuff in it. Oh, sure. But it was solid body, and I wanted a hollow body. And the only one that existed really was made by, uh, I don't know how you say it, Violette Citron. Or Ooh. They oh. make these crazy- Delicious. Uh, yeah, weirdo <laughs> um, like uh, guitars. And uh, anyway, I didn't want to play one of those. So yeah, this fella, Jeff Benji in uh, Chicago, made the neck for me and uh, turned out great. Nice. So yeah. that was that something we, we, where you're just like, I have a specific idea. Yeah, yeah. And the, for, the the style is going to fit the function. Well, you know, or? I play baritone guitar mostly. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a bass player by training, mm-hmm. and I think of myself that way. But I I've been mostly just playing baritone guitar, and then blah blah blah. And uh, this new thing, I started playing acoustic, and then I got a twelve string baritone acoustic. That's awesome. Nice. But you, playing acoustic guitar live is kind of tough. It, it feeds is. back a lot, and you never know what it's going to do. So yeah. uh, then I got to bug up my ass to <laughs> get a 12-string, ho- and that's another story. No, uh, no, to get a 12-string <laughs> hollow body electric. It's a different show entirely, actually. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I yeah, just, that, that's, just that's, made it. Uh, so has that that has that ever existed? That, no, because you no, have, like, haven't created. So. Yeah, yeah. So it, cause it's, well, like I said, this one company – and they make these kind of like um, Citron, v, how do you spell it? V-I-E-L-L-E-T-T-E, Citron. And they make these like what Steve Albini would call coffee table guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly um, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, they made one and maybe it's great, but uh, I think it was like six grand or something like that. I that's, was going to do that. That's no. uh, what you could call cost prohibitive. Yeah, uh, for that's sure. definitely the kind of thing that you just you don't want to take out of the house Right, just like no touches. I don't even want to touch it that much. Like exactly. Yeah, that's that's no good. Plus, it didn't look like it would sound the way I wanted it to sound. Yeah, so. but yeah, it's a great instrument. So he, he uh, it was Chicago beautiful too. It, it was very very full sounding. You had yeah, um, some nice. some kind of dead man like Neil Young dead man style. Uh, yeah, like like making <laughs> it fill the area. I have a pedal board now for the ah. first time in my life, and I have <laughs> delay and tremolo on it, and that's it. I have like two different tremolos <laughs> and two different double delay things. tremolo. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Well, and and it's uh, it, it was cool because it not only sounded very full, but it's like there you don't often hear outside of like you know whatever Roger McGuinn and 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 uh, you yeah know, your, your go to twelve string players. You don't hear a lot of twelve strings period in rock and roll music, but you certainly don't hear any twelve string baritones. No, I I like some I like the idea of twelve string guitar, but so there's something about that extra course of E strings at the top. It's too um, shingy, and I'm not into that. Yeah, yeah. so. Baritone just brings everything down into like a good spot, I think. And I can't really even play a regular guitar now. It's um, <laughs> it feels toy like yeah. and it's messed up for me. So well, and so that's because and you mentioned uh, earlier that you 
you started on bass, right? Like yes, that's, that's you started on bass, and then of course, uh, in, in Silkworm, you you moved over to the the it was it was the it was the wedge Travis Bean, right? It was uh, that yeah, yeah, for a while. And like, I, I guess I was not aware of baritones baritone guitars even really being a thing, except yeah. until I found out about you guys. It was like you guys and uh, Sleater Kenny, I think, were the only two. I was yeah. like, wait, what? What's I think the blind. I hear low end. Blind redhead might have played them. Yeah, yeah, but I I didn't know about them until after. I, I think I got into it because of uh, probably like um, what's his face Peter Hook. I think played one and um, or he played six string bass, but he played it like that. Yeah, and then for sure. uh, Robert Smith and them had played. Um, well, he had in the Cure. They played six string or I think they played baritones, but okay. I don't know. It just seemed like a natural thing to do because uh, after Joel quit the band, there was more room to sort of spread right. things out a little bit right. note wise on my side and kind of playing chords all over the bass. I'm not super into it. So, uh, I, um, tried, doesn't always I serve just, the music. Yeah. I just wangled a Travis Bean into a baritone. My guy helped me do it. So, um, cool. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> and then Kevin at electrical guitar company is really awesome. He, oh, yeah. he made one. And I didn't send it back because I liked it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Former guest of the show, friend of the show, Kevin yeah. Burkett. Yeah, he's a good dude. He, he really is. And it's 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 interesting that he has so many stories of people kind of finding their specific thing, even if it's not like a popular thing, that he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll make that. You know, let's. Yeah, well, he asked me, he's like, if I was going to make a baritone, how would I do this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was, I said, well, you know, I really like my Travis Bean, so I probably wouldn't be interested. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, here's yeah. what I just would so, do. Just so we're clear, I don't care about this. <laughs> I was like, here's what I would do if I were you. I might be kind of a dick about it to you, I say. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he sent it to me, and I played it for like an hour. And, I, and then I played my Travis Bean for five minutes. And I called him and I said, I'm going to send you this Travis Bean and you can have it. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to keep this. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't order him, but I said, hey, will you trade me? And he's like, like, sure. Well, you're like, listen, here's how it's going to be, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm altering the deal. <laughs> the terms of the agreement have changed, sir. <laughs> no, I didn't order him, but uh, he was, that sounds he was like into a it. fine well, trade. I know who has a guitar now, too, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Um, so did you, I mean, when you started playing baritone then did you take to it like pretty quickly or was yeah it kind of a, okay. well it's hard it's hard um it's not like playing guitar it's not like playing yeah. bass because um you have to <clears throat> like on the thing that i play now you can play full chords more and you can play chords with close intervals but yeah on a, yeah on a like an electrical or something like that um if you play a full full chord in like open g position which mm. for me now would be a d back then it would have been like a, i don't know c flat Right. What is that? Yeah. A B. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't really do that. Like the third okay. will sound bad. So you get used yeah. to where you mute uh, and where you what you let ring. You know. Okay. So you're playing kind of bass and guitar at the same time. Really. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've kind of run into that lately. Yeah. I got I got a um, cheap uh, six string bass yeah. just to kind of <clears throat> see if I would like it. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't really wrapped my head around it yet. I'm just no, like, it's a totally different instrument. It doesn't. People think, oh, it's like a bass with X strings. Nope, not at all. Or it's like a guitarist tuner. Not nope. really. <laughs> yeah, and it, a, a lot of people buy it. You can get good deals on Amused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Both right. my both my acoustics that I got are really. I, well, I have three actually, which is I, I have a sickness. But um, <laughs> the the cheapest one I just bought off eBay or whatever. But then the other two were used and I got a good deal on them because people buy them because it sounds like a great idea. Right. But if you're used to playing guitar and that's really your thing, it's not really going to be, you know, 
Yeah, it's something it's, you do a lot. It's going to sit in the case, and then you're going to be like, "Why don't I sell this dumb thing?" Right, right. I have an intention to get back to it eventually. But yeah, yeah, like, and you you get the hang of it if you just like I found like playing bottom then top, or muting the strings in the middle, okay, or just playing the stuff in the middle. That's kind of if I think of, I don't really think about it anymore. But yeah, if I was thinking about it, that's what I'd be thinking about doing. Okay. Well, and it's interesting that it's. I mean, because it is kind of still, it's kind of, you know, in general, it's kind of a unique thing, right? To like, yeah. right? I mean, because you write songs on that, I, su- I yes. assume, right? Yeah. So, I figured you'd have to, yeah. Do you think, I mean, does it make you think differently about like, was you said there's certain chords that just, that sounds bad, or like, you know, not what you want it to be, or that just doesn't do what you want, would expect it to do? I don't know. It just feels like the <clears throat> my instrument now. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't really, I'll play bass sometimes at home, goofing around and stuff, but I basically, I mean, I literally have like six baritone guitars, <laughs> which is kind of insane. Wow, that's that's yeah. you weren't kidding. That's, no, that's, it's, <laughs> and most people would be like, well, think it sounds. Why don't you just have one? But for me, it's not like a flavor guitar. You know right. what I mean? Right. It, it isn't like, hey, it's one. Monday and playing the cherry red one. Yeah, most people have a tenor guitar and a yeah. twelve string or a mandolin, but yeah. it's kind of the thing I do. So yeah. Well, there's yeah. nothing wrong with. So, so it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like diving in with the yeah. thing you do. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody it's, with eight guitars. It is abnormal. regular guitars. You know, it's, that one's a little different from that one. And this is a little different from that one. Yeah. It's acoustic. And yeah. That's true. So what was the first. Right. So the first baritone recordings would have been with Silkworm then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, Blue what, Blood, I think the Blue Blood record. Yeah. That's the first certain the first record. So what was the first song that you. Oh, I don't know. Um, that like <clears throat> made it. <laughs> There's a song the on that record called I Must Prepare. That was probably one of the ah, first yeah. ones. Okay. And that one has like bar chords and stuff in it, which is a little re- unusual for me to play like that on that instrument. But um, that's probably maybe the first one. I don't remember for sure. Yeah. Um, there's a song called Clean Me Out. I think that has baritone on it. Oh, yeah. Or like that Ritz one. Dance. That's one of Andy's that was early that I played that on. But um, yeah, it was kind of like there was this. There are a couple older songs that I wish I'd had it on. Like, there's a song at the end of developer, the Silkworm developer record called "It's Too Bad." Yeah, that could could have used it because um, it, <laughs> like if you had known it and had it, yeah, in the arsenal. I'm playing like yeah. the Husqvarna Diane chords on mm. bass, sort of, okay. and it would have been more um, something if I'd played it on baritone. I think, but it's I never went back and figured it out. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I was trying to do, and actually, that that was one of the things probably that made me think. Well, I should try, you know, putting sure. heavy strings on a guitar or whatever. So it's not like I invented it. You know? <laughs> so as, as a as a big fan of the parentheticals uh, within song titles, that is, I must prepare tablecloth lint. Tablecloth tint. Tint. tint sorry. Yeah. Uh, what, what, so what's or what's, lint. What's, the, what's the parenthetical? Yeah, or lint. It's lint now. Uh, Let's go back and revise all your records. Take a sharpie. I don't know to that it. song is about. Um, <clears throat> The setting of that song, it's not based on anything in reality, as I recall, but the um, setting of the song is this um, uh, this Chinese restaurant in um, Seattle called Hing Loon that we used to go to all the time that uh, was, was really great, and it's not there anymore, unfortunately. But um, it uh, was uh, a good place to eat and stuff. And um, they used to clean the tables. They had plastic tablecloths. They would clean them by pouring pouring leftover tea on them and wiping the tea yeah. out of oh, the wow. thing. <laughs> wow. okay. um, And they had, uh, they had a fish tank in there. 
I don't know. I feel like this stuff's in the song. I can't remember any of the lyrics. But um, <laughs> we could, could, anyway, that we'll put it on and get a refresher right now. Yes. <laughs> that image was in my head when I um, wrote that tune. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that stuff comes from. I try not to think about it until I have to. Yeah. You know, understandable. Yeah. Just kind of fits in the realm of decor I, of the song. Yeah. I think you just let it come in and, and go out. And then uh, <clears throat> when it's like eight minutes long and you don't have a chorus and you got to like think <laughs> think about things a little bit. Sure. <laughs> but until you hit a wall, you might as well just stream it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Stream it away, baby. There you go. That's what we do around here. Uh, uh, why don't, why don't, actually, why don't we hear that song? And sure. I can uh, do some other stuff. Awesome. It's a secret. <laughs> what we do is secret. Secret. What we do is secret. <laughs> All right. song actually there was there was a lot uh in that song that was was referenced yeah. you mentioned yeah right it's, it's pretty awesome tune <laughs> <laughs> it does sound pretty good to me we recorded that in michael dahlquist's basement 
uh, and mixed it. It was one of the first things ever done at Electrical Audio. Oh, wow. It was like and, yeah, second or third okay. thing ever done there. We just mixed it there. And I think that was one of the first ones I remember hearing piano on. Uh, yeah. That I, that I yeah. recall. And that's actively. Brett Grossman. He used to work at Reckless Records, and now he's a vet. And he plays piano on that, uh, and he had to play it over the already mixed track because there were no tracks left. <laughs> we used all it, it was wow. recorded on eight track, and we okay. used all eight tracks. Sure. And then Brett just had to like dump it straight to the master tape. Wow. But he's he's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Is he answered any Randy Razorblade stuff or anything? Just uh, nope. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Not that I recall. Interesting. And, that, and, that, and you were saying that the uh, the the cover photo for for that one, which of course that's uh, Blue Blood. Yeah, yeah. It was taken pretty close to that restaurant I was talking about, England. That is sort of the setting for that song. Well, I think that that's interesting because uh, when I first saw that record cover, this is one of the games I, I knew. Uh, actually, the first one I got from you guys was Developer, mm-hmm. personally. So, like, out of the gate, I'm like, huh, this is weird. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> literally, and it was, someone was like, oh, you like these guys. Record. They're kind of like Pavement. I'm like, Okay, this is really cool. This isn't at all like pavement. No, that song we just played is about as pavement as we ever sounded. Right, and that is not even close to like the first one that. And that's like and and like and frankly, no no diss to Malcolmus and and company, but like I think you guys are much more interesting band. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it was one of those things that when I first heard was developer. So I was like, I was like, I don't know what this sounds like. I'm into it, but this is this is a weird record. It's when I listen back to that record. <clears throat> it's probably been a few years, but um, that stuff sounds like uh, it doesn't sound like I made it now, so I can feel like I'm sort of objective about can it. Can you hear it as music? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's super herky jerky. Like that record is like totally. It starts off with that song. I really like the city glows. I think it's or uh, not city no, glows. Uh, what you call it? Give me some skin. Yeah, and which I think is great. And then very ponderous, super almost, slow. Yeah. And then why would you start a record like that? Like <laughs> your second record on Matador. <laughs> And you, you, hey everybody, it's like make it or down. break it. <laughs> yeah, it's make it or break it time. And you like, yeah, let's put this song first. Fuck it. But uh, that's the way we thought. Like, why wouldn't you put Never Met a Man I Didn't Like first? Like, that's the obvious thing to do. But uh, you know, that's not how we operated. So, and then it goes to Never Met a Man I Didn't Like. Yeah. I think, which is super up tempo. And then it goes to City Glows. It just like yanks you back and forth. What well, to and me that always it's felt kind of like cool the, that we did that, yeah. but it, it was also suicidal, probably. <laughs> well, to me, it felt like that, like it was almost like the classic like '70s album programming, where like you've got the intro song and then the singles, the second track. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we always we have a very uh, all the the bands really had a very '70s, very early '80s approach to how to put together records. Like we never did overstuffed records, and we never. You know, like 60s albums, half the time they'd have like the two good songs and then they just do like whatever on right. the whole second side. And we never did that either. We always wanted to make something that was like seemed enduring or whatever. So tried not to put too much sort of throwaway stuff on there. Well, and and yeah, and it's it's interesting that it kind of seems like you guys were just doing whatever you, whatever you, you, you felt like. Like you felt like, like hey, we're going to, yeah. this, is, this is what we're doing right now. Like it, it all, always felt through all the different eras of Silkworm, that is very natural. Like, it didn't feel like you're like, this is the something or other song. This is the... No, never. Bombastic intro, you know? (laughs) It wasn't wasn't like anything like that. It was all vibe, 100%. Like, if you got the right feeling, then... That was cool. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I think if a song ends up... If a recording ends up being the sum of its parts and you succeeded, if it's not the sum of its parts, then it's not worth putting out. You know, or it's a B-side. <laughs> and then <laughs> right, right, if it's exactly. greater than the sum of its parts, you really 
did something. And yeah. so every now and then, every, a few times on every one of those records, uh, some of them maybe a little more than others, but there's stuff on there that's not, there's like an extra thing that comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it has a little more of a oomph. <laughs> yeah, and you I can guess tell it's a, a bunch. Degree. The only way to get that is have a bunch of people playing in the same room at the same time. Yeah, you can try to manufacture it, but it never really works the same way. It's it's too much. It's a different experience. Like you can get something that maybe sounds dazzling, but it doesn't have that yeah. underlying sort of. You can tell when it just happens and everyone kind of gets on the plane at the same time. You yeah, know? it's cool. Right. Yeah, um, and you can't you can't plan that out so well and it's almost like i think a lot i think a lot of bands spend a lot of time and put a lot of work into trying to sound so natural too and that's something that's kind of funny where it's it's like oh maybe i there's definitely like a sort of this 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 push for like sounding authentic like whatever that means yeah yeah which ends up sounding incredibly inauthentic i think it just means i think it's just a byproduct of doing what you want to do you know fred cole just died the dead moon uh guitar player and i love them so much and uh I probably saw him like yeah, right, 30 dude. or 40 times or something. But uh, <clears throat> I mentioned this someplace else. Like they were always great. And sometimes they'd be 10% worse than normal. And sometimes it'd be 10% better. Yeah. But they were always in this like very narrow band of being great the yeah. whole time. And right. he always sounded exactly the same. Like, <laughs> the singing was always precisely the same. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw him, he's a little more hoarse because he's, you know, getting up there. But um, sure. and then his guitar always sounded exactly the same, and it was always a little out of tune in the same way every single time, and <laughs> right. uh, that's just because that was that was them. And Tootie was the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know, she sounded the same always. Yeah. Well, and it's it's that's another band that was so comfortable and authoritative within like their own voice and what they were doing. Yeah, that, yeah. That I think that that just I mean that's like part of the band. Yeah, they just <laughs> naturally know? did what they did, and that made them unique automatically. You know. Yeah, and there's all. It seems like there's always. I don't want to say a market for that, but like an appreciation for that, where there's like, there's going to be somebody around, like a, like a mission of Burma or something like that, where it's just like, it's it stands apart from everything, but it's so confident within itself. Yeah, in its way, there's just like that. You get you, and you get that feel from the yeah. Records, but like, if you know Clint and um, like I've been lucky enough to get to know Clint over the last oh gosh, it's been quite a while, twenty yeah. years, jeez. 15 years maybe but um and uh i know peter and and have met roger and stuff if you know those guys it's like well yeah of course that's the way the band is (laughs) like clint is the who like he loves the who and those guys love the who they love the yardbirds they and they and then they like all this sort of twisted like art punk sort of stuff and and there's this whole dada influence and Mm -hmm. randomness and of course, that's what they end up sounding like. It's just normal that they would sound like that. It's just that no one else uh, put that particular combination together. Well, it, they didn't even put it together. It just right. happened, you know. Well, so yeah, right, right. It would have to be like a group of people just like them somehow in some yeah. parallel universe to make that happen again. Yeah, but I kind of got that. I kind of got that out of Silkworm too. Where it was like, yeah, certain. Absolutely, it was. You know, we never ever thought about. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't. In a good way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like we didn't. It, it didn't sound thoughtless or like cast off at all. No, because you have to go into editing mode at a certain point and be like, right. we've been playing, this song's 12 minutes long. <laughs> but um, we never, ever thought, you know, if, if it didn't rock enough, it was because we, not because we thought it should, it was because we wanted it to, we felt like it. Lay back we, a it little. It didn't feel right. Right. Know? Yeah. 
It was all feeling, 100%. There you go. And um, I presume that's something that you, if you're if you're working by yourself, that's a lot easier to kind of control or deal with because it's it's all you, but then you also don't have the push and pull. Of yeah, but it's less fun. Yeah. <clears throat> it's less interesting. There's less room for <laughs> being able to like lay back at all, too. Like It's kind of yeah. always on. Yeah. Like the first the things I'm doing now, like the Mint Mile EPs, the first one it was fun to do, and it's a little... It was I sort of made it demo we like um we recorded the drums and then I did all the other stuff on it and Andy played some guitar on it. And the second one was a little bit less like that, a little more band like. And the new one is just basically the band, except there's one track that's uh all me and Howard sure. Draper, this other guy. But you know, the band stuff is so much more rewarding because those guys right. do stuff that I could never I mean, I'm limited, you know. I don't right. we're all limited, but if you put the right people together then there's like i said this extra thing comes out right well you can't i can't make that i can't will that into happening it's got to happen just uh kind of you know that alchemy has to occur somehow it's making it sound like is there something magical (laughs) no 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 but there is and and so i just remember that the last time you were on was like right as mint mile was starting to happen like be a thing like you had, oh, okay. a, you had a name for it mm-hmm. like and because we need the station id it mentions it mentions mint mile in there but it was mm-hmm. like such a new thing oh yeah i don't i'm not even sure if you had any recordings uh you know what wait i think you just the had just one. done the very first ep oh yeah maybe and for me it was sort of like i was like oh wow because it wasn't like i was expecting oh it's just more bottomless pit you know like obviously it's a different mm-hmm. thing but i was sort of like oh, i wonder what this is if this is going to be like a totally different kind of thing and then like okay the next ep was was as you mentioned like a little more bandish mm-hmm. for lack of a better term yeah and i was like oh okay so it's kind of like mint miles like the clearinghouse of like of like it'll be this thing this time and now it's this other thing and it was that something that was 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 like by design or just kind of end up being that way naturally no or? i think i just want to play as much as i could so like i would just take shows like if it was just me fine if it was me mm-hmm. and jeff panel who's a drummer that's fine if it was me and jeff and Matt Barnhart playing bass, that's fine. If if Andy could do it, that's fine. Like, I didn't want to be locked into a thing where everyone had to sign off on it and you had to get four guys with these schedule crazinesses, which everyone right. has at our age, to, like, yeah. get yeah. their yes. shit together. <laughs> so I was like, I don't care. It's going to be called Mint Miles. It's going to be my thing. It's going to be my songs. I just want to play and blah, 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 blah. So it started off kind of project. Why does this sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it should. Yeah. Right. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Except for you, you've got, a, you've got a much shorter name, and I appreciate it. <laughs> so. Uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it cause, and, and also. All right, so why call it Mint Mile instead of you know Tim's electric banjo jamboree? Like, why, oh, like, I just <laughs> think that band names are good. Yeah, band names. Are good. I don't want to do it under my. I don't know. It seems like everybody ends up giving up on band names and giving it their name eventually. But I'm not. I'm not. You're not ready that. to do that. I don't know. I want a little distance from it. I sort of feel like if you put your own name on it, then it's like this is my story. I'm telling my stories about mm. stuff. And I, like everything suddenly becomes autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't feel like I'm doing that. I feel like it's just, um, I think it was Neil Young probably or someone, I, if a lot of people probably have thought about it this way, like you have an antenna coming out of your head and you pick stuff up and mm-hmm. you send oh, yeah. stuff out. Sure. <clears throat> and it doesn't really, I'm sure it's me interpreting it, but I don't really think of it as like, uh, self-expression. I think that's kind of a canard of music. Like it's not. That's not it. It's really just about getting a rush out of it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No. Totally. And people get 
rushes from different things. Some people yeah. are avid snowboarders. Right. You know? And some, some people be- do get rushes out of confessing to sure. their tunes or whatever, yeah. but I'm not really one that of those people. That sounds fucking awful to me, but... <laughs> we're not, you know... We it's not for me. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I, not some to say I don't appreciate it. Some you of know? us can be John Lennon and some of us can be Paul McCartney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some of us can Tem- be George Harrison if we're te- lucky. Yeah, exactly. Temporary <laughs> secretary. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, when... The songs came together for Firewater, and I, I'm trying to remember. I should have listened mm-hmm. to the other episode to see what we covered because it was just long enough ago that I know I'm going to get emails about. Yes, that last time. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, did you realize that like it was kind of like a concept record about you know no. drinking and stuff like that before? No. And it just kind of ended up being that way. Yeah, I like, mean, we just how many knew. songs did you have where you're like, oh, I know what this <laughs> is about? <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is, none of us really drank that much, but uh, we there were enough people in our orbit who. We're kind of, I mean, that's a weird age, right? So let's see, it's 94, so I was 26. So it's just a weird time in life, I think, your late 20s, because there's kind of this reckoning coming up around the corner, sort of. When you get into your 30s, you sort of feel like you should have some stuff figured out, maybe. While 20s are like totally, at least for me, just <laughs> Yeah, that's wandering. the idea, yeah. <laughs> so it's a weird time in life, and some people, and we, I don't know, you just look around you, and you know people who are kind of, sliding a little bit and so that's just that just fed into that record i don't know why and then well we were touring a lot you know so we were on the road all the time so we saw a lot of that shit night in and night out yeah not necessarily people we even knew but you know you'd have sloppy drunk women hitting on you and like dudes like we wouldn't stop talking because it you know we had we're all blown out maybe that's the whole thing and then and and (laughs) repeat and repeating themselves over and over again yeah <laughs> yeah, like my yeah. my favorite recent yeah. one was uh, see man I like stuff that's heavy, I like stuff that rocks, and I like stuff that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I was yes. like, oh, yes. okay, yes. and I was yeah. just like, oh my god, did you hear what he just said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in and like there's just that zone that people get into where it's because it starts off as being enjoyable, and but there's sure. something kind of like maybe like there's some sadness kind of oh for sure it, yeah. right, and yeah. then like. I think that well, what's interesting about that record as basically a concept record about mm-hmm. you know <laughs> the the fire water itself is yeah. that I think it actually was one of the few ones I can think of that sort of touches on like sort of the wistful sort of aspect of it as well. Oh yeah, sort of like 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 oh, there's some like regret kicking in there, and then there's some like dumb fun. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, it kind of hits all the hits all the notes. Yeah, I mean, I, I quit weird. I quit drinking when uh, a month before I turned twenty. So I got a lot in <laughs> three, <laughs> three or four years there. But, um, but you know, I loved it. I loved drinking the whole time, which is part of the problem. Yeah. Well, it's the main problem. Right. But, I mean, it was awesome. It's fantastic, you know. But I wouldn't have been able to do anything yeah. if I kept doing it, you know. And I know people who just, like, blew out and died or, uh, you know, almost died because of it so or are are dying so yeah, yeah. Are the, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so and it's yeah. not like i think it's the drinking is necessarily evil or anything but nah. I, I don't know we just end up writing all this stuff and then it kind of cohered and then i was like we should call a record firewater and they're like yep yeah. yeah, like I feel like at the end of the record isn't like there. There's like an after school special message or something no, that not like at you know, all. oh everybody's fixed I hope now not. and no, oh, like no. it's and like yeah it's but it wasn't also. Like it, it just felt like an honest assessment of like, oh yeah, that's kind of what that is. I think it's also just about the self-limiting um, nature of people 
Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. you don't, and I mean, a lot of the Silkworm stuff is like that. There's just a limit to what people can do and put up with and uh, tolerate, and uh, and there are different ways that people sort of uh, deal with that in life, which sounds depressing, but it's something everybody has to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can't just go through life like, experiencing process. everything. Yeah. yeah. You have to block it out somehow. Right. And, uh, I mean, you know, just the last year or so, everybody does that every day. You get up in the morning and who knows what crazy bullshit's going on. And you just have to be like, all right, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we still live in hell world. Yeah. yeah. Right. And now Whatever. I have to do things. Now I no have one's to go gotten on. nuked yet. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'll probably be fine. Let's see if I can make it the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's good. That's good. Um, so. And somebody will remind you. I'm like, oh, God dang. That, that's. I yeah, think that record's right. about that. And then there are a lot of, there are a lot of different characters in it. That yeah. um, are people who have you know opted out in some way. Plus, growing up in Montana, oh yeah, um, Missoula, Montana is mm-hmm. like a magnet for that. Um, it's a oh, beautiful yeah, place. It's yeah, a great yeah. place. Great place to live. But it's also this place where it's there's like a vortex. You know, people yeah. get sucked in, and then you're there, and it's easy to live there, and you get, you're away from other stuff, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that always struck like particularly about Missoula is such an interesting like it's it's a, I love the town. It's yeah, beautiful. It's I love just I've been there. We just, you know, we'd go there on tour and it was like we were waiting to get there, but it's so just there and everything it's so yep. isolated from everything else. Yeah. Can and Seattle, see and honestly, Seattle's like a big city version of that, I think. Yeah. Um it's an outpost. Yeah. And you don't totally. when you're there, you feel it does everything it can possibly do to be cosmopolitan and it is, but it's way off in the corner of the country, you know. It's yeah. it's isolated. It's just didn't did we just talk about this on like a recent episode? I feel like this sounds really familiar. Maybe maybe it was a tour thing, but it's like it's just far enough away from like major quote unquote major cities that you kind of have to like create your own culture, right? Yeah, and so which is be- part of the reason it had such a huge booming music scene in the nineties and stuff. Right. And, uh, and but but also people know. coming on tour too, so you still have like yeah. things from the outside coming in, but it's sort of like almost. Yeah, you have to create I'm not, your own thing. I'm not dissing it. I'm not dissing Missoula. I just think there's a particular way to get sucked into life there, a certain kind of life there that's harder in Chicago. It just is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can absolutely um, see that. It yeah. just is, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Although yeah. It, 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 sorry, I was, oh, just, okay. I was just gonna say when you when you have like sort of like the uh, not necessarily the luxury of free time, but sort of the uh, the overabundance of free time. You know, yeah, one can get up to. Yeah, quite a bit, and that can be both good and bad. Yes, yeah. and that mostly happens when you're this age we were when we made up that music. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that went into it, probably. Well, let's hear one of those tunes now. I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna play "What Firecracker," and the reason why I'm gonna play that one is because this is this is a song that. Well, first of all, I like it a lot, so that's okay. Uh, that's a good reason. That's actually reason enough. It's a good tune. Yeah. I don't need to not explain myself <laughs> to you people, but. Uh, I also have found that uh, like there was a band that th- that I saw that, that we played with that we just put on a show like they like lost their show like they knew cancel whatever and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah, pretty good band like you know good and they busted loose a cover of this oh really that I was like <laughs> oh that's awesome and it was like it was really good but it was kind of out of nowhere and it was like wow that was a pretty badass silkworm cover it's like oh man no one no one realizes <laughs> that's a cover I'm like are you that's kidding funny. me yeah Stolfing like that's it. Like you, you, you did a pretty good job. I know, I know that's a cover. I know, I saw what you were doing. That's great. But uh, yeah, just, uh, just, just some indie rock band on tour, like some. Young Who was it? What were they called? Oh gosh. Uh oh. I feel like I should You're know everybody spot. who ever covered one of our songs. <laughs> um. Oh god, what did they need. play with? Uh, it was. 
slow adults. It wasn't them though. It was it, they were on tour with, with them. I want to say it's bad grades, but that's Shane's band. Nope, yeah, that song. <laughs> it's some, it's something like uh, I you know what I can find out for you. Tell you what, we'll play the song and yeah, I'll yeah. find it out. All right, <laughs> all right cool. And then we're gonna we're gonna tell you how the sausage is made, and then we're gonna have you taste the sausage. What firecracker? Yep, that's um, what firecracker for you, baby. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's like the f- fifth best song on that record. I, have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I don't know lot. why it was a single. The Matador was so chicken shit. Like Nerves was obviously the, the best single on the record. Yeah, and Nerves like, is a jam. Yeah, guys, goddamn in it. So yeah, <laughs> what, what is, was that the motivating factor for it? Yeah, that record was slightly star-crossed. I think because well, there was that, but who cares really? I mean, it was never going to sell more than 9,000 copies or whatever it sold. <laughs> but, um, but it, it got, um, <laughs> there's this man Bardo Pond that was on Matador. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. Bardo Pond. And, um, yeah. So I'm a couple times. A bunch of the CDs got made with Bardo Pond, uh, on them. Oh jeez. So like you'd buy, <laughs> I you'd, remember this. Yeah. I did buy I didn't. firewater and it would, you'd open up and put it on and it'd be like, I mean, Bardo Pond was cool, whatever. Yeah. yeah but, but it doesn't sound anything like, no, and it, there, either, there weren't yeah. 14 songs on the CD. It's really psychedelic. Wow. <laughs> no, they're really taking it a different direction since the other dude left. This is cool, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. expected. Yeah. How, how, I totally, I, totally I have no idea how many that. there were. Maybe it was like a hundred. I mean, even yeah. ones. I like enough. to think it was like, I would like to think everyone who bought it well, really super. There, <laughs> there was a similar thing on, on a grander level. A whole bunch of the, um, it was the Ramones mania, like the sort of like the the best of the Ramones. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Columbia House. Uh, was it Richard BMG, Thompson or something like that? Um, it was a oh, that was a Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm pretty sure it was Menudo, but real pop. Uh, a friend of mine had one of those and was like, I'm going to show you something awesome. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I've heard that record. It is awesome. I'm like, no, no, you have no idea. 
And it was like, I was like, is this fucking Menudo? <laughs> and lo and behold, it was. Yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, yeah I think it's, I, I think the, a lot of them are Menudo. Some were, it, it was all everything but what you think it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. But this other stuff that. From a lot of this just by buying the yeah buying the vinyl because they yeah did, right they're paying more attention to that stuff by that ours point. was a little close like Bardo Pond and us were at least in the same ballpark <laughs> so it was probably confusing I don't know yeah whatever it doesn't matter it's someday maybe it'll get down down the line you know <laughs> nothing nothing wrong with that at yeah. all they've been supposed to put that back out on vinyl but oh yeah I mean it's total like you know they'll sell a thousand or fifteen hundred of them so i don't yeah. think that's a super high priority at matador records incorporated well no i think i got mine when they were trying to clear the rest of them like, <laughs> yeah. right right. Well, i bought the last hundred and just sold them immediately oh and nice. i was like why are you blowing these out i'm gonna buy them and sell them for like five bucks more yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's a, it's even more of a collector's item than if the actual thing that it's advertising was on it <laughs> yeah. oh yeah those no those i don't know what happened to those yeah. <laughs> they probably tried to sell them yeah well and, and you'd like to think that like somebody somewhere like was, was hey guys we should probably check these before we mail out yeah you know untold hundreds or thousands of maybe, them but yeah. maybe maybe i'm giving too i don't much know credit I, I shouldn't complain i'm not complaining matador was awesome to us and we were really in debt when they uh, signed us and we got out of debt like immediately, it was cool. There you go. And you know, we met lots of great people and stuff. Yeah, but that's uh, speaking of the vinyl though. That's talking about like not overstuffed. Like that's a double, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. It, it feels it's like, like an hour. It, yeah, it feels like it needs to be a double. Yes, it and does. It, that really worked for me. And you've kind of, I kind of was thinking about this today, where you've like both with the mint mile stuff being like, is the new one going to be an EP as well? Um, the next one is an EP. It's okay. done and. Um, then after that, it'll be an album. Oh, you're actually gonna okay. It might be a long album. I don't know. Okay. Like somehow we end up with a bunch of songs. What, what's what's this? Oh, this is this is. I'm gonna sound like my dad when he's trying to explain a TV show that he saw. <laughs> so just bear with me. But what's the what's the song with the you know your like basically the, the being comfortable with your voice song like the Lou Reed. Um, you played it at the in the Chicago oh, yeah. show. That song's called Shy, and it's uh it's it'll be not on the next thing, but on the thing after that. Probably the album thing. Yeah, it's good. It. Yeah, it's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you could hear it. You can't yeah. though. Not yet. That one was uh, one that required some conscious grafting of something else onto it because it didn't have an end. So that was like when we had work on. We only talked about songs that we couldn't play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. <laughs> the entire time talking <laughs> the about the next time. record. Like, yeah, soon. <laughs> but that's gonna be that's gonna be the full length. You said. I'm sorry. Yeah, so. yeah, the full length. The next thing is an EP. It's called Heart Roller, and it'll be. Uh, it has four songs on it. Okay. It looks like the other ones, except it has different pictures. How do you how do you make the delineation? Like, oh well, I think uh, it just happened naturally, but um, it just occurred to me we should make an album. But I think it was because the band has, is a band now. Okay. Like, um, like as more you think of it with identifiable yeah, people, yeah, it's the four got right. four of us. Gotcha. Yeah. Which kind of sucks in a way because then, well, I actually played that show by myself. Yeah, so I was going to say it's, it still seems pretty unpredictable to me, my friend. Yeah, but um, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, delightfully unpredictable. It's either me alone probably or them although the um justin brown who plays steel he's an awesome pedal steel player and a very good guitar player but we played a solo show that was him on steel and me on guitar 12 string it was like 32 strings on stage two people (laughs) (laughs) but um that sounded really cool and i don't know maybe we'll do more of that i don't know that's cool yeah, so that actually is something I was going to bring up, like the integration of, of the uh, of, of the pedal steel and whatnot. That's yeah. something that you just 
bunch of like baritone twelve strings. You don't hear that a lot in in. Uh, I guess in, not. In, 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 in certain t- well, yeah. you know, it's hold funny. on, I wasn't done with the sentence. In yeah. in <laughs> the kind of rock music that uh, you know, uh, uh, the loud rock music. I suppose. You know. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny as we played a show with uh, this band, Knife in the Water, from Austin, who oh, yeah. blew my mind. I had no idea they were that good. They felt like an idiot. They've been around for a long time, but uh, they were great. And then uh, what's he? Who's the other dude? Damn it. Name escapes me. Played first, and uh, we all three bands had. Well, they didn't have baritone guitar, yeah. but they they were all playing through Fender amps, <laughs> and it was all bass, some kind of guitar, and pedal steel and drums with a dude singing. Wow, what's Life the, in the Water had a uh, female singer as well, but what's what's the I mean, what the odds three pedal steels? That's just <laughs> the the, uh, the odds of that lining up like that. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. I feel like that's so. There was a uh, th- there was a warehouse show I went to once where I met another dude named Conan, and like I, it kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it kind of freaked him out too. And we both had been drinking, but he'd been drinking a lot, and like we were both were like, "Wow, it's crazy. We're both named Conan," and like that was like, and we realized we had nothing to talk about. That's that yeah. was all he had. That was like that the was sum it. totality of this of the subject <laughs> right. matter. But it was right. just like, isn't that weird? It's like, yeah, it's freaking weird. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, crazy. <laughs> so, is that what pedal steel players are like when they're in <laughs> rock venues? These guys seem totally nonplussed by it. I thought it was weird, and they were just like, "Oh, whatever." Uh, it's cool. But you have to be, you you have to think about music in a different way to play that thing and do it well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it requires a lot of lot a lot of thought and a lot of uh, skill and practice. Too. He doesn't. Like Justin's you, you been playing half, for you like can't half-ass pedal steel. He's only been playing for like three years. He's, I think he told me, but um, what he doesn't. He's wow. the kind of guy who like I'll make chord charts for songs, you know, so that I know what to do. Okay. And yeah. right, Barnhart right. knows what to do on bass. And Justin never looks at him. I think one time he looked at it while we were playing <laughs> it because it had like a bunch of nine chords and stuff. He's like, I better yeah. check this out. But otherwise, he just wings it 100. Oh my god, that's, that's amazing. Damn yeah. impressive. <laughs> it is. I'm glad he's in the band. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so is that something that uh, you're looking at now? Is sort of like opening up that palette of, of colors in the in the crayon box to to have with, or is that something that's like that's an aesthetic that gets added on to the already pre existing idea? Oh, what do you mean? Uh, like for composition, like when you're thinking about? Oh, I don't think about it. <clears throat> I just write the songs the same. Maybe it filters into the way I write stuff a little bit. Maybe. Like, do you leave a little room for? The Lord, as well as the, the pedal steel. <laughs> I never think about the Lord, um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I just write the songs, and then I don't tailor them for the band, and then the, the, they just do what they do. Mm. I, like I think I every now and then I might say maybe let's play a little less rocking right there, a little more rocking, but. I never tell people what to play. Dial it back a little bit, Eddie Van Halen. Come on, they're too good. I mean. <laughs> Jeff Panel, who plays drums in the band, is uh, I try not to talk him up too much because someone will steal him. But <laughs> fortunately, he has a child and wife that he likes a lot, so he doesn't want to go on tour with like Mumford and Suds or whatever. But he's he's just like a super awesome drummer. He's yeah. so good, and um, so I never. I mean, I feel like it it would be wrong to tell him to do something different. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I never I never want him to. Yeah. yeah. But he's, even if I did, I'd be like, he'll, he'll, I'll just let him figure it out. He's got it. He's got a very unique style. He's um, great, man. And he's it, really heavy. I've just been lucky to play with, you know, Michael, obviously, was awesome. Singular, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Manfred, great drummer. And then Jeff's really, really great. He's really heavy, even though he's not super loud, which is not, yeah. not normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, a, that's, uh-oh. 
Oh, there, go, there goes the sound wall, folks. Oh, geez. Tim's Sorry, Tim's, Tim's tearing That's right. down the walls. <laughs> That's right. um, he just he believes he believes in, in the drummer. I'm going. Much. I'm leaving. Get <laughs> it. It's all right. It's shoddy construction. Um, Felt it going. <laughs> it's okay there. Where where it's where this it is stands. all visual humor. It's still, but yeah. it's still working. It's, fine. it's still um, it's still doing a job. But so then, when you bring when you bring a song to the band, do you find that it changes a whole lot, or is it just kind of more just? More? Yeah, it gets better. Yeah. I mean. It just gets better. I mean, they don't um, like that, that whole some of it, its parts thing. I feel like it always kind of adds up to more with this particular group. So either the maybe the songs are worse than they used to be, or <laughs> <laughs> or there's just something cool about the sound of the band that yeah. adds stuff to it. They just get better. Okay. I mean, those guys do better stuff. Barnhart, uh, Matt Barnhart, who plays bass and records most of the stuff. This is the first time he's ever played bass in a band, but he's been listening oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been listening yeah. to Silkworm and, really? and Bottomless Pit for his whole life, yeah. basically. So, I don't have to ever tell him what to do. I don't think you know. Well, what did he? He was in another. What was the other band? Um, Trey Orsi. Trey Orsi. Yeah. What is he playing that? I like. He was that. in a band called Little Grizzly too. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to. I, I guess. Now that I think about it, yeah. Huh. I guess they're probably related names. Trey Orsi is Three Bears. And uh, uh, Little Grizzly, I never thought about that. Uh, Little Grizzly was very cool, ba- a very cool band, and then Trey Orsi was really good. And uh, the fellow who played bass in that band, Howard Draper, plays on a couple of those. E- he plays on all of them. Okay. And he totally rescued on the new thing, which we can't play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he totally rescued this old demo I had and made it into a finished thing, which was great. He nice. just put some awesome stuff on it. And That's fantastic. Yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. Well, and I think uh, it, it's something where there was certainly a through a through line to Silkworm to Bottomless Pit for you know relatively obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. there's definitely I feel like the <laughs> in the early man to you know Neanderthal, Cro Magnon, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. I think yeah. the, I think the line to Bottomless Pit and Mint Mile is totally there. But what's interesting is like there's actually the the layering is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it's sort of compositionally like i hear where things fit in the spaces kind of being informed of uh kind of like a slightly different approach with a slightly different yeah. group of people right yeah and it's 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 interesting to see because you know like the first one's a little twangier than i expected it was going to be mm-hmm. you know it was like oh mm-hmm. this twangs you know? yeah that's that's <laughs> sure. an honest shocker to me but it's cool you know because it still sounds like you and it still sounds like you doing your thing right uh now is that something where uh, you feel that like was that just coming out of you? I mean, you mentioned a lot. Yeah. Of, a lot of it happens very naturally. So I, I wanted to um, <clears throat> towards the end of the pit when I sort of was losing a connection to that music somehow. I wanted to do something. The songs I was writing were different. Well, they're the, the songs on the first couple yeah. Mint Miley pieces. Right. So, right. Um, they I didn't think we could play them in Bottomless Pit, or if we could, it was going to take a lot of practice, and we couldn't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Circumstantially, could do it. So. Mm. I had to think about how to try to make that happen, but it wasn't conscious. It just uh, came out. It kind of came out that way. And I think now it's sort of a weird combination of being sort of um, more, maybe slightly more genre specific kind of sound. I don't know what genre it is, but <laughs> but it, it seems a little more easily apprehendable or easy on the ears or whatever. Hmm. But I think it's also I I think it's hard for me to tell looking at it from the inside, but. I think it's a little more abstract in a weird way. Mm. No, I can, the, I can hear the way that. The songs are put together. I've been really obsessed with this record recently. Um, 
Hijira by Joni Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I'd never heard it before. And I, um, I just got it the other day and I was like, oh my God, I feel like an, such a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, well, you're like, how did I not know this? Yeah. And yeah. I know why. Oh it's because I grew up listening to, you know, Who's Kudu and the Minutemen and Sonic Youth and stuff. And, yeah. you, you know, everybody in Missoula listening to fucking Joni Mitchell. I wasn't going to sit around and do that. <laughs> but um, now, yeah. like listening to that record, it's so abstract and like, um, kind of, um, not typical sense of melody or structure or anything. And it just totally blew my mind. And I think one of the reasons it did that is I felt like I want to do that. Like I want to get to the point where it's, it's just this weird elliptical sort of unpredictable thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. But like I said, you can't make it happen. It just has to come Yeah. You're not trying to way. force it. Is and I'm not hurt. I can't play fucking guitar well, yeah, she wants, you know. well she can't play 12 string baritone like that yeah, oh, well, she like, probably like could I, no. not from the stories in the Neil Young books yeah <laughs> but she's I mean I think she's amazing oh yeah that. she's fantastic <clears throat> so uh, anyway you know I I, I and, and, and that's a that's a progression someone like her took or that's a progression anybody who's good take does that um, you know sort of refines things but also expands them as they get older and yeah you get pickier i think that's one of the reasons for the sure. records are shorter now yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like stuff that you're like yeah that's fine yeah like, but we got a <laughs> there's a, there's a song on the new thing that's 15 years old on the new one. Oh wow and uh, it yeah. just never worked until now so. well, when we had a uh, so rob from um oh yeah savak and uh yeah and, he's my uh, pal I Obits yeah. and uh, he was talking about an Edsel record about there's like yeah it's, how many how long do we have cool slam it all in there <laughs> you know it was, it was yeah. sort of like yeah that kind of was the attitude back then I guess it's sort of like wow you get how long well throw in everything yeah it's like yeah maybe don't throw in everything yeah. <laughs> and that's like like something you come to with age and that second record we made for a Matador developer that we were talking about <clears throat> the other <laughs> silly thing we did was we had four or five songs that were more rocking. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm-hmm. rocking songs, but that but, would probably wouldn't have fit the record, right? No, they would have fit on, or you could have taken some stuff off. But yeah. it was just like just shy of some of their parts, you know, or just barely the sum of their parts. And so we were like, <laughs> "Yeah, let's not put them on the record." <laughs> and I think that was the last straw for those Maddor guys. <laughs> I, th- I think they were just like they, they were like, "Could you guys rock maybe a little?" Yeah, and they <laughs> would never. Gerard rocking? would never. <laughs> If he ever told anybody what he thought they should do on a record, he wasn't going to do it to us because yeah, right. that wasn't our relationship. But um, and he probably knew we wouldn't listen to him. But we, <laughs> looking back on it, we took the most viable rocking songs, except for ne- that one "Never Met a Man yeah. like off the album. Like we just said, yeah, he nah. didn't quite hack it. <laughs> How delightfully bratty and like oh. almost like opposite rock band. I don't know. Knowledge. It just seemed like the right thing to do. And listening to the record now, it was. Yeah. Because if I listen to those outtakes, they're not as good as the rest of the record. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we ended up with a real weird album. Torpedoed our career. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I was ever asked to host the Adult Video Awards. Oh. <laughs> why, why don't we actually... Did we listen to some of the developer before? Are we bit, uh, uh, no, we listened to... Yeah. Let, let's play... Um, what do you say? Uh, Give me some skin. Yeah. Why, why don't we? Since we referenced that earlier, let's play that one. Never met a man I didn't like is awesome. You can yeah, that's two. more more of a rocker. We'll, we're we're gonna play a couple tunes. I'm gonna repair this wall that Tim destroyed, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get back to some more chatting. Nice. We haven't even really touched on Bottomless Pit yet, so we're, we're gonna do that. Right on. Don't write me yet. We're gonna do it. <laughs> 
All right, so here we go. We're going to do uh, Give Me Some Skin first. This is Give Me Some Skin. You do not have skin. is uh, num- number one hit. <laughs> Give me <laughs> yeah. some skin. So peppy. <laughs> Everyone's dancing. Really, uh, it's, it's a very very much a fist in the air type of song. I oh, would yeah. say. I do love that song. I, I do too. I, I think it's great. Like I said, it was literally the first song I ever heard from you guys. I'm like, this is 
Not like pavement. Not at <laughs> all like pavement. <laughs> I don't know what it sounds like that song. Uh, you know what's funny is, is, is I really was not super into pavement either. I like which is funny. Heretical yeah. from someone from the Central Valley because they were the next oh, yeah, town right. over. Sure. Yeah. Of course, being a good punk rocker, I hated anything that you know everyone oh, else liked. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, fuck that. Can't yeah. be good. <laughs> and of course, I was like, oh, there's, there's some good tunes. It's okay. But I was like, oh, all right, I'll check this out. I was, I was like, what? He's going. What is what? Yeah. This is. Huh, and like it maybe, but it's it's one of the rare cases where it maybe want to keep listening to yeah. to like kind of figure it out. Yeah. And then I still I don't know if I even have it figured out yet. <clears> when know? we decided to put that song first, I remember now Steve uh, Albini who recorded all, almost all the worm stuff after a certain point was like, "Yeah, this is good because it's got that big heavy drum thing and uh, it, it kind of draws you in and blah blah blah." And you know, of course, anything Steve says about something being good for sequencing a record is usually right. bad <laughs> for commercial <laughs> purposes. Just but do, do the opposite of what he says. Yeah, for yeah. Commercial aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one's kind of Love too you, peppy. Steve. That was a little too rocking. No, but um, <laughs> but he was right. I mean, that's that that, and that's why we work together so much. Just because we're oh, yeah. like, yeah, let's put the really slow long one first. Awesome like, idea. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you know, shellacs like. Then we deserve it right. the way we yeah. really are. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, course, hey, yeah. I love that. That's my favorite shellac. It's literally my favorite shellac album because yeah. of that song, you know. But I'm <laughs> in the minority. I recognize that. I nope. I'm with you. <laughs> no, and it's it's maybe not just because of that. But song, we're in a basement. Well, in a yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, Tim, it's a secret underground layer. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not sure if you listen to the intro of this show. <laughs> It's just you know, it's good to have perverse taste. I think it it, it it's cool because it, but it also I can imagine, it, you know, it's a double edged sword, right? Because it's it's like when when you're looking for a quick reference to something to be like, hey, you'll like it. It sounds like X, Y, and Z, you right? Know? Like at one time it'd be like, blonde redhead. Yeah, you like it. It kind of sounds like early Sonic Youth and Unwound. Oh, cool. Those are that. Those are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get those references. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But like with so cool, it's like ah, yeah, it's. Yeah, you, just, you should just check it out. It was <laughs> funny. We would always get compared to whatever the flavor of the year was like in the early days. We get com- we didn't sound anything like REM, but we get REM. No, no. Then we get <laughs> so I went REM. But then also like Who's I can Dude, Dinosaur, um, and then maybe in the Guitar Heroics. Maybe I, I can. Guess. I, you know I what? Know. Now that I think about it, the other the other band that somebody mentioned was Dinosaur Junior, and I was like, I don't hear that at all. No, until I heard like Andy rip a crazy solo. I'm like, oh, that's why. And then people, yeah. because we would talk about listening to the band and CCR and stuff sometimes, and I, I mean, I think the band's fine, but um, we would get some of that, yeah. and then we'd get Pavement a lot, and that was mostly because I think we toured with them, and uh, and Andy stole a guitar bit from one That's, of their songs yeah. first one of the songs in the west so but oh yeah you know and, and we have a lot of the same records sure, you know, you're coming that. from a same the we're coming place. from i mean if you want to pick some other band in the universe that's pretty close yeah. you know there with there's zero degrees of there's like one degree of separation there and as, right? mu- as much as i mentioned you know yeah like being like heretical punk rock i'm not gonna listen to that that's from stockton it's got to be terrible <laughs> yeah uh and like missing out on like their formative like the years you yeah. know the oh, yeah. steve west uh pre gary young yeah the, the really yeah. early like really early on as yeah it, it is like they are they sound like it's the same way that so granddaddy's from modesto where, where i'm yes. like from and when people, especially when they got really big in the UK, people like, oh, it's so pastoral. It must be so wonderful, Modesto. I was like, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. You know that song yeah. about like sitting on the porch and drinking beer? That's not an affectation. That's just what 
is done. Yeah. That's just right. like what people are doing. Right. And there's like people go out to like a place under a bridge just to like hang out. And like yeah. that's the entertainment option. Yeah. So like that's like what you're hearing is an honest representation of these surroundings from right. whence it came. Yeah. And I feel stock, yep. Stockton and, and pavement, especially early pavement, absolutely makes sense as well. It's like, oh, these are these. Totally. Kids like making these crazy hacking noises. it out. Yeah, they're hacking yeah. it out, and they have these you know fall and, and velvet underground records, and they're like yeah. making shit that's <laughs> well. And I guess like that, to know? the extent that we were similar, uh, it was in that regard because certainly grew up in Missoula. Missoula, same you're deal. just cobbling yeah. it together, however you do it. You know, like we didn't have um, you know amps that we liked until we had been in Seattle for like three or four years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, like right. you couldn't get. Uh, a Fender tube amp or a Marshall or something. Oh, yeah, just forget around. it. Yeah. yeah, that would be crazy. Who would have a Marshall? Like DOA had Marshalls when they came to yeah, town. You're like, yeah. oh shit, they have like real amps. Uh, right from the big city. Yeah. And you're playing through like a Roland this, JC120 yeah. and a PV. Or yeah, I was going to say, I got this nice PV over here. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I mean, I, that's, but that's what makes, that's what I think made them cool was they. Uh, I don't think they uh, maybe in the last couple of records they got kind of pro, but they didn't really lose that that thread of weirdness. Yeah, through, yeah, through sure. uh, that Wowie Zowie record at least, like all the way through that record. Well, they and had it. and I think that same that same through line happens now with like other bands. Like when I think of like a band like the God Eaters, like I'm like they could only be from Marquette, Michigan. Like that's the only place that that band could be from <laughs> because they're doing this as hard as they can and they're badass at it. But you're like, how? How did you land on with the wow? But it's also there's it's just like this very natural, poignant, beautiful representation of where they come from and the right. limitations as well as the uh, the, the attributes as, uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. And and it's interesting to see that now in contemporary times because I feel like that's been lost a lot with the, the sort of winnowing of, of like the everyone being brought closer together in, in certain ways by social media, mm-hmm. giving the you know the the illusion of closeness, if not actual closeness itself that's probably true yeah i hadn't thought about that <clears throat> yeah i mean one of the things that's that like i, I was saying before it opens up a place like missoula or a place like modesto or stockton certainly to the rest of the world probably also just changes it in i don't know if it's imperceptible or not but uh you know yeah your your experience growing up someplace like that now is going to be completely different because yeah. yeah. you can go online and hear whatever you want you know oh, here's television here's you know here, yeah. here here's this heat yeah right <laughs> which i didn't listen i didn't yeah. hear until and, i was in like 26 or something right mm-hmm. and not just that but knowing that there are other people that like a whole right. ton of other people that love yeah. what you love it's i mean like, it's better is, that's nice but it's also kind of like we used to talk a lot when like we were growing up in like you know small towns up or, you know here in wisconsin where it's just like the one kid that's into punk rock has to be like you know has, has to have a lot of conviction and has to be right, like, right. Has to stand up for a lot of yeah, you know, and that maybe that's lost. Yeah, I do think it's better. I you know, I feel like an old man when I think <laughs> back in my day, I had to mail order records from SST, yeah. and you never knew if it was going to be <laughs> didn't even know what it was going to sound like. Yeah. So I I would I would order stuff from. They the said everything sounded like the Minutemen. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't exactly. true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> And they still do. Oh, <laughs> probably. I, I used to order stuff off the Touch and Go catalog just if I liked the description. Yeah. I'd yeah. just be like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll check right. that out. You I know? remember ordering like Killdozer Burl and um, I think first couple of big black records I ever bought. I just bought them on a whim probably from Touch and Go. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, you know, it is it is better now. But there's a, there's a romance about that that if you're old enough to have done it, you can appreciate, I think. Yeah. 
it's it's there are there are pluses and minuses to both. I'm sure there are, and I think one of the so then so where where do you land on the whole availability of everything? Uh, kind of argument with, with, with the fact that like instant availability, like do you feel like that cheapens? The yeah, experience? I don't know. Like I said, if <clears throat> I remember how long it took me to find a copy of Monkey Pocky Boo by Sonny Chirac, it took <laughs> like uh, my friend Liz Clayton bought one for me for forty bucks and like canada and send it to me and i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. i finally have monkey pocky boo yeah. and now you can just go on youtube and you can just listen to it yeah but you know today i was at work in the office and i wanted to listen to this jim hall bill evans record that i really like called undercurrent and i was not at home and i just played it over youtube yeah and then it played like yeah. five other bill evans or jim hall records that were great so that there's nothing cool. wrong with yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's, that's all right. Like, are, are you a are you a Spotify guy? No, you, no, I'm old. Stuff? You know, I, yeah. I I just have vinyl. I have records. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. same way. Yeah, I have some a few CDs. I don't do Spotify. I want a little control, uh, and I don't know. I'm just not that into it. It's not my thing. Yeah, I don't like shake my cane at it or anything. But I'm, I'm <laughs> no, it's I'm, fine. Yeah, it's I, fine. I don't care. People like music, and the reality is, with the advent of the iPod and then streaming. Um, it's done wonders for if you're a band today and you know I mean I'm in a band but I'm old like if you're a kid and you're in, <laughs> if you're a kid and you're in a band it's pretty cool yeah yeah. you know I mean you can't sell records but selling records was never a good way to make money anyway that's true so you can people find out about you and you can go out and play shows I saw this band uh, Bully play the other night oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I thought they were really good and stuff and probably because they sound like they're from the 90s sort of but <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> yes I think they I think they would probably cop to yeah. it yeah but they they were they were swell and I was like I know that's how those kids came I can't call them kids how they <laughs> yeah. came up they probably came up listening to stuff over the internet and whatever and right. uh, I don't think it's bad at all you fancy know. kids and your goddamn internet yeah. <laughs> no it's better you yeah. know yeah. you can audition whatever you want and it puts pressure on people who put out records to it get to their see, shit together. That it has to stand up <laughs> yeah. against not just like whatever's coming out that week, yeah. but whatever came if out. If you're Tom Tro- Tricoli's dog or Swa, <laughs> you're, you're probably not going to get to put out a, a record anymore. Much less seven. And you're not going to trick someone into buying it mail order from yeah, SST exactly. by That's saying good. it sounds like the Minutemen. Oh, damn it, Deep cut, Come yeah. on. <laughs> well, and, and so... Swa. Oh, my wow. God. Wow, that's... That might be the first time that's been referenced on this show. I think I don't even remember what Swa sounds like. Yeah, it's maybe it's great. Doesn't matter. I I didn't like Slovenly back in the day, and then I heard some Slovenly uh, a couple months ago, and I thought it sounded great. So maybe I'm wrong about both those bands. The 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 other way can hold true, also. Like what's that now? The the other way can hold true. Like I I listened. (laughs) I shouldn't. They shouldn't say this. Um, I I listened to was it the Throne Ups. And I was like, oh, eh. <laughs> I thought this was good, huh? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some things come back around and some things not so much. Like I and, and it was mostly to show, to show off the record cover, which I was like, hey, check oh. this out. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Right. Right. <laughs> right. There it is. All right. Which in tasteless record covers, you know, definitely. Is, but yeah, it's, I never saw them back in the day. I feel yeah. like that. I feel like <clears throat> I, I'm a little too young to, to, to have seen them. And I feel like if I would have saw them, I probably would have been into it. But yeah, like I was like, this is not good. A lot of those uh, <laughs> Seattle band—they were Seattle, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. A and lot of the, that was what's his, uh, uh, Steve. Yeah, Steve, and and you can even hear the, like one of the songs he's he's doing like one of the riffs that like ends up 
becoming a mud honey song, but it's like a you know primordial yeah. version of yeah. it. A lot of those bands I thought were good, really good live. Like the U Men were really good live. Uh, mud honey was always really good oh, live. Yeah, yeah. And then the records, you're kind of like, I don't know. I think I'd rather just go see them live. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Walkabouts were sort of a band like that. They were incredibly good live, and their records were good. But I always wish that they could have like. I don't know, somehow translated their whole thing to sure. a record at some point, and I don't think it ever quite happened that I know of. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and well, and it's interesting that, you know, and you, you got to see a lot of that stuff, you know, kind of firsthand too, because uh, you oh, you yes. spent a lot of time in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> too much. <laughs> and, and that was sort of, I mean, the, I think the documentary kind of like was like, I can't remember what, it, what the exact quote was, but like uh, after everything had already happened is like when you guys move there pretty well, much. Well, no, we got there in 91, uh, 90, 91, 90. <clears throat> so it was in the throes of the it. The throes yeah. of the... Nevermind okay. wasn't out yet. I mean, right. once Nevermind came out, well, it wasn't just Nevermind, Pearl Jam 10 and Nevermind, yeah. right. which came out the same year, Yeah, which yeah. is weird because I feel like Pearl Jam was after Nirvana, but they totally weren't. It was the same year. Um when that happened, forget it. it was all over. But not that it was golden years before that. But for some people, it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, for us, we were always outcasts. But um, it was insane. I mean, there were like twenty places to play. Seattle's not that big of a town. No, and, no, I love and, it, but it's not. Yeah. No, and there would be like probably eight or nine clubs that would have shows every night. Wow. I, I don't <laughs> think I'm exaggerating. And you know, it, you just scramble. To yeah. try to just even do anything, you'd put up posters on the fucking telephone poles, and then you'd come back up the hill um, half an hour later, and they'd be covered over by some other <laughs> shitty band. <laughs> you know? Wow, it was just insane. That's cutthroat. And everyone's trying to make money, and kind of yeah. um, there's super um, careerist kind of vein to a lot of it. But interestingly enough, the bands I was just talking about weren't like that. Like. I never got the vibe that Mudhoney gave a fuck. No. no I mean, no. They, they signed to whatever because they could. But oh, Warner. Yeah. yeah. I think they just were a rock band and they just played music, you know. Yep. And they still are and they still do. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely. I just watched. Um, there was that documentary they made on them a few years ago. Oh, yeah. How was that? It's fantastic. Okay. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Where it's just like, oh, we can do this. Okay. They were also pretty smart guys. Like yeah. Um, yeah. they played this sort of, you know, almost intentionally sort of. Uh, Neanderthalish stuff sometimes, right. but the lyrics were always a little uh, brainy, funnier, brainier than they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you heard those guys talk about anything, you know they obviously were pretty clued into what they're doing. Yeah, they're pretty thoughtful about their specific brand of you know big stupid yeah. rock. You know, yeah. and, and like for sure, and and it changed as they kept going too. So yeah. I'm not I'm not super well schooled in their music, but I was like when I saw them live, I was like I like this band. They're a cool band and stuff, but. Yeah, god damn, there were so many bands. Most bands yeah. were not cool. I was gonna say at that time. Then, then there's also Cat Butt, you know. Yeah, I never saw Cat Butt. <laughs> it is yeah, a good no name. Cat Butt. No, no offense to Cat Butt, <laughs> but, but man, there, I, I, you know, there were so many bad everything that you could imagine that could be bad. Yeah, Synth all. pop, or I mean, there was a wide, a wide variety. There was a panoply of, of bad bands. Yeah. Yeah. A panoply of bad. And we played with a lot of them. And like just because lot. they were in Seattle in the early '90s, they all ended up with a record, and or thought they could. Yeah, yeah. It and, probably um, seemed like everything, anything was possible to, to folks. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so we just kind of swam upstream there, and then when we started touring, that's when the whole 
it felt like the world opened up, you know, even yeah. though we go on tour and you'd make, you'd like break even or you'd make a very small amount of money. Right. That's, that's what I always like. Yeah. We'd, but you'd play in Chicago even. at lounge acts and there'd be 80 people there. And it'd feel like you're, if you're like, this is fucking awesome. These people are great. And it feels like you're playing in an arena because everyone's like totally engaged in the process. Yeah. Like there to, you know, no one's flyering present <laughs> for their fucking show down the streets at yeah. the university sports bar. Or Looking at you, cat butt. <laughs> no, I'm sure they didn't do that, but, um, no. <laughs> you know, that's when things really changed for the worm was when we got out. So where, so when would you say, with, with touring, did you start to see, yeah, that like different level of engagement, that, that level of like, oh, like people are kind of connecting with this in a way that maybe this is a little, you know, pleasantly surprising because this is record number, yeah. you know, four or five, whatever. Oh, well, for us, it was probably, it, it seemed uh, <clears throat> like there was a light <laughs> there. Because, <laughs> I mean, we ate shit for three or four years in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. real. I was going to say, it wasn't immediately. I no, remember that. Yeah. We started um, touring, and we were, you know, we always did better other places. We did fine there after a while, but. Um, nobody's, nobody's ever that big in their hometown. Yeah, you're tr- you're right. Um, but um, we started traveling in 92. I would call it touring, but it wasn't exactly touring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd play like Eugene and, you know, yeah. Ar- Arcata. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We many, many great shows in Arcata. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if Arcata we played there. But, um, you know, we would uh, tra- we would travel and play shows, and then we started touring probably in 93. And then it was a lot from 94. After In the West came out through, and then Joel couldn't take it anymore. So then when after Joel quit, we had no reason to moderate ourselves. <laughs> so Andy just slept on people's couches, and we just toured like six months out of the year for like probably three years. Yeah. But um, that was enough. Uh, but, yeah, I think – yeah, all during that time, it just felt it was rewarding, you know. I mean, not always, yeah. But, but you don't learn to expect. You learn to not expect much from a Tuesday and like, right? Yeah, Grand Rapids or whatever. You just come back on Friday, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That it's, is, it's, is that it? Is yeah. that what Joe we and do? <laughs> Fred were playing down the street at the open mic, and right. it really messed up the turnout. Sorry. Yeah, he's yeah. your thirty bucks. Yeah. 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 Hope that it's punk rock dollar beer night. Yeah, people might actually come out for that. We used to play. We played this place a couple times, Sudsy Malone's in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Sudsy Malone's. Yeah, a, I remember um, well. Yeah, laundromat. Yep. Yep. No one came. <laughs> I mean, literally. Did, five but people. did you get did you get a chance to do the laundry though? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then you got something out of it. So. Got some quarters. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that it. Yeah, we're just getting out of town and. Then, you know, we went to Europe a couple times and stuff. And uh, when we played in Japan, it was amazing. We played in Italy twice and it was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trade all that shit for anything because I learned how to do so many how to survive yeah you know well then and you also end up like meeting tons of like fantastic people oh, yeah. that where when would you ever yep. meet these people in real life? Oh, right? yeah. You yeah. know, And that's yeah, stuff, totally. stuff that, you, yeah, again, you wouldn't wouldn't trade away for anything. But then you try to explain like. Well, we played with mm-hmm. them on a Tuesday, and it was mm-hmm. uh, some sort of like vampire costume party. But yeah, <laughs> nobody knew there was bands playing. Yeah. yeah, you know, like whatever. But we sat backstage and watched them drink all of the beer that was given to us. <laughs> I admired the their pluck. <laughs> there were a few bands in Seattle that specialized in the the writer uh, <laughs> destination. Oh. Right, right, right. Yeah. I won't name any names. <laughs> um, but so. Uh, in kind of a we'll kind of like kind of want to turn away from this for a second but yeah. just talking about how like touring was such a you know, like that's what you did 
now obviously years later you know you've got you know family and, and the you know mm-hmm. the job and everything so how do you how was it was it a process to kind of integrate music into that or integrate them both together or how do you kind of manage the kind of the the, the the time split how do i mean we start we stopped we stopped touring a lot in 97 okay which is a long time ago but uh <laughs> yeah, but you know wow. we we toured a lot for a, a few years and then it became really clear to me that if we wanted to there were a couple of times in silkworm where we had kind of a reckoning we're like if we want to keep doing this we got to change where we do it a little bit yeah and andy was going to go to law school and stuff and so we stopped doing so much like we toured a few weeks out of the year and then same thing in Bottomless Pit. And then mm-hmm. Mint Mile, I mean, we haven't played outside of South Bend, Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, we we, oh, yeah. we did go to the West Coast. Um, but, um, you know, I would love to go play in New York again and stuff. Uh, and we might, when we get a whole record out, yeah. you know, all at once, <laughs> manage to do that. <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's no less important to me or any, I know any of the guys I play with. I think Jeff likes doing this just as much as he did when he played in songs Ohio and those guys toured yeah, constantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's just, you can't do it. You just have to moderate, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and this is something that, and, and you saying that that actually brings to mind the fact that this might be something that I, I can't address to you. Like, do you feel like like people talking about like time moving at like different, <laughs> different levels as, as you were older, right? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. when you're talking about going from like touring a lot to like, okay, now we're only playing seven shows a year, but it's like, did, did you feel like like you're more there when it happens or like it means more somehow or do you notice things differently? Um, Does maybe. Does it feel the same? I mean, what's... It feels the same. Yeah, it doesn't feel any different, which is weird. It should. Because <laughs> it should feel different, right? Yeah. But it doesn't. I think it's just that we played so much that like... Um, I mean, I don't want to flatter myself by comparing anything I've done to Dead Moon, but like for sure, at, at all the bands there's a certain standard below which we never sank. Like we'd be at 80% or 120%. Yeah. Yeah. At the most or 90 and 110, but it was always in this certain narrow band of the way we did it. Not that it was the same every night, but we were never going to be bad. Right. 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 (laughs) And so like now I feel like it's never going to be bad. Like it would be impossible because none of us drink enough or do drugs or anything like that. (laughs) Right. Any any of the normal, very easy things that a lot of people seem to get stumble over. And it's just not, it's just ingrained in me to do things a certain way and the guys I play with are the same way. So yeah, it is strange that it doesn't feel uh, different. Yeah. That is, that's weird. I never it thought of it. It does feel weird, that. huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's something that, you know, it, like not everybody's going to be able to even have that breadth of knowledge and experience to be able to say one way or the other necessarily, or maybe. Right. Cause some people that, you know, do it and live the life don't even, don't think about it at all. It's just like, I just, that's just, just what, what I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Or like, what did Dale say? Like, it's like Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except we're in a different city every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's that, that. that is, yeah. That's, you're not wrong. <laughs> Traveling. Touring is like that. <clears throat> Especially you get early in the week and it just winds around again. It's the third week or whatever, fourth yep. week. And, yep. There we uh, are. Yeah. You, just, right. you don't think about it. You can't <laughs> think about it. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday in Albuquerque and just here we are. Just got to do it. Yeah. So totally. we've we've spent a lot of time on the worm, and I think that's understandable. And we spent some time in mile. We haven't talked about Bottomless Pit that much. Sure. And I feel like Bottomless Pit was a very so. First of all, my first experience with Bottomless Pit was listening to the first record on the wrong speed. <laughs> 
Probably and sounds good that way. Yeah, and uh, it, it sounded great, but it was just, it was definitely like I was like, oh man, this, this is, is this is different. These guys this really is, are depressed. I, I was like, man, they're they're out <laughs> doing developer on this. This is wild. And then it was like, and then the vocal started. Down. I'm like, oh shit, okay, it's 45. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But it passed the uh, I think I think it was Steve the 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 45 33 speed test. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who, if he coined that or what, but I was like, oh yeah, I guess a good song should sound good on either speed. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what I, I kind of felt that a lot of the Bottomless Pit stuff sort of was a little more informed by, if not specific bands, definitely like a time period of a certain type of, yeah. for lack of a better term, music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, th- there were things where without sounding a damn thing like New Order necessarily, there was definitely like, okay, it's almost oh, for sure, coming yeah. from that, but like a guitar rock place yeah. too at the same time, yeah. which to this day, I still can't think of any other band that does that at all yeah and it was it was interesting to me that i mean obviously you and andy played for a bazillion years together mm-hmm. i mean was that something that that that's just what came out when you started writing the songs or was that like we're like hey let's make it a little more moody and i think it did uh <clears throat> yeah it definitely that's just the way they came out and you know when that band started we were like down in the dumps yeah understandable. and uh and i remember <laughs> i i'd been thinking uh well, one time we made this, we were going to make some EP or something in the worm and Andy wanted to call it the bottomless pit of partying. And then, <laughs> and then we never did. Michael hated oh. it. So we didn't do that. But, um, and all those song titles are titles that we proposed for the worm that someone didn't want to use all the, all the album titles. Yeah. Every one of them, I think. Um, not the, not cheap perennial, but, um, but anyway, uh, I'd also, my daughter was young and I sang, uh, I had a habit of singing redemption song by Bob Marley to her at night as like a lullaby thing, which uh. has the thing about bottomless pit in it and all this reggae stuff does. And it just seemed appropriate. Hmm. So I told Andy, I was like, we should call the band bottomless pit. And he goes, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I was like, yeah, we have the same sense of humor. So, yeah. but, um, you yeah. know, it yeah, was I like, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a great band name, but it was definitely something where no, it was like, it's not, huh. I like kind of cocked my head and like I didn't think it was a bad band name. No, it was definitely like it was a puzzling. band It's not name. a great band name. I think Silkworm is pretty great. Yeah, Silkworm's great. Um, I think Mint Miles pretty great because it doesn't really mean anything specific. Yeah, you can but describe your own cool. meaning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bottomless Pit is totally generic and sounds like a. Um, yeah, you don't know what that record's going to sound like. This friend of mine, she said that it sounded like a the Minutemen, a high school, high school um, metal band. <laughs> And it actually Ooh. is a metal band. Oh, yeah. really? Band. Yeah. It's been used a few times. But it just that's seemed cool. like the name. Like, that's what it should be called. Just, so. that's what it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, um, the mu- music that came out was pretty down there. And um, I always, have, I've said, like, <clears throat> that's our version of the blues or something. It's like mm-hmm. British post-punk. Like, yeah, Andy yeah. and I grew up. Yeah. I and I, which we, was our first band we were ever in together. That's what we cut our teeth on and that's what it was like our shit wasn't like that because we were stupid but um john kappas who wrote all the good songs except for the couple good ones that joel wrote um he that's what he does that's his bag like that's his milieu he lists dabbles and other stuff but that's That's his his, that's his deal and uh joel to some extent it was that way as well and um you know that so that's where I learned how to play bass by playing the same thing over and over and over. The re- repeated figures. Yeah. 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 Which later I heard it in can and all that stuff. But I learned it from those guys saying, just play, 
you know, DFE over and over and over right. again. <laughs> <laughs> no upstrokes or whatever. Right. So that's that's where that band came from, you know. It was like us going to back to that. Okay. Really. Yeah. Well, and, and then the visuals, even with the with the music, they had more yeah. austere sort of quality. Mm-hmm. Like it was sort of like your, the logo was sort of like you had to not really like a metal band, but like a metal band in the way that like you're yeah. like, is that a logo? Yeah. Like, what does that say? Exactly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just this Arabic stuff that took off a dairy, uh, a dairy cream like container. Oh, really? And, yeah. And I just flipped them around. So it looked it sort of has the letters of the name <laughs> in it. But um. But no, that does like remind me too of like yeah, they're like British post punk early. Yeah, yeah, like a little more. Yeah, just kind of like everybody had their oh, logo. I'm mysterious. Yeah, yeah. graphics I, were important, yeah. but not you know specific. We yeah. were so disoriented um, when the band started, especially it was so such a fucked up time in all, all of our lives. Not just me and Andy who knew Michael the most, but uh, you know uh, Brian Orchard who played bass in the band, close friend of Michael's. Yeah. Chris Manfred, close friend of Michael's. I mean, really everybody I knew was like gutted. Yeah. So. It was so weird, and I just like that first record. I just wanted it to look like you were like falling down, sort of, or something uh, like okay. like you were twisting, yeah. you know. And then the inside is just I just wanted it to look like you were trying to remember something or like document something, but doing like kind of a shitty job of it. Okay. So I found this thing <laughs> that I'd scribbled on on this piece of cardboard, and then I wanted something that was like a really sharp, like whack because you know that's what we all felt like it happened to yeah, us so yeah that's there there's day glow on the inside of yeah the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's say, it's, very, that it's got everything that very bright uh that very bright bit and, and it's yeah. funny because like it seemed it seemed like a lot of folks didn't really know how to take it like whoa what's this no. art like this is like, yeah i mean i don't know if they expected like, like a planet of the ape style this is exactly what it says sort of like <laughs> reading but like no. i, I it's it, i kind of enjoyed the fact that it was yeah it, it was sort of a statement of intent to me that like you're like okay you know, stuff might might be a little more like in the fog here yeah. for you, and that's part of the appeal. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted it to feel um, disoriented, and I wanted it to sort of reflect. I felt I felt really great about all those album covers. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I knew what I wanted it to look like in my head, not as an exact thing, but I knew sort of the mm-hmm. the feeling I wanted to get when I looked at it. And it it, it does work, like in, yeah, in terms of like going from like Italian platinum to that where it's like, it's, yeah. it's definitely a right. <laughs> the worms tended thing. to have fairly literal, sometimes playful, sometimes slightly grotesque album covers, but <clears throat> they were pretty straight up. Yeah. In your yeah. Face, Cause that's the way the band was. Yeah. But that record was very, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you mentioned New Order. It's totally like movement or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound necessarily well, that totally like, like you know. But there's definitely lines and stuff that are just pure New Order. It's funny. I feel like I may have told this story in here before. I don't remember. I'll, I'll hear about it if you do. <laughs> but don't worry. I'll hear I about saw, it. I saw New Order uh, a few years. For the first time, I've never seen him live. A few years before the Music Complete came out, I think. But uh, at the Aragon. And Aragon sounds like shit and stuff. But... It was an amazing show anyway. And uh, uh, I was like, I want, I, I, my, my wife said this to me before the encore. I said it to her. I was like, how do you think they deal with this? <laughs> you know, meaning <laughs> right. someone being, yeah. Yeah. being birthed of this tragedy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, I don't know. You know, I guess they just keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. So then they come out 
all Joy Division encore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like four songs. They play ceremony, atmosphere, yeah. whatever. What, yeah. what, what year was this? This is. Uh, um, I don't know. It was a while ago. I saw them two months. I saw them and Neil Young like two months apart, uh, which has had a big impact on me. Both of those shows, but they came out and did that, and then it was Joy Division forever, in like huge yeah. letters on the thing, yeah. and I was like, that's how you deal with it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you, don't you just forget it. You know. Yeah. It. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean everything in that band came, was what came out of the experience of losing Michael and stuff, and it was just really attached to that. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the band, when I started, I never thought I'd get over it exactly, but I kind of got over it. Like it took a long time and like going to a shrink and stuff, but uh, I sort of did finally. And not that I, it wasn't horrible, and not that I wouldn't give both my nuts to have him back or whatever you know but right. it's like i kind of accepted the fact that it happened yeah. yeah and immediately i felt that music just sort of go woof and just sink into the background mm. a little bit it was really odd the last tour we did on the west coast it happened yeah i was on stage yeah. and i just felt it kind of leaving me huh. and it was okay you know it didn't feel bad but it was weird. I'd never had that experience. I'd never yeah, had me silkworm. Wow. Yeah, I never yeah. felt disconnected yeah. from the music I was playing at all. Yeah. Ever. Huh. Well, and it's interesting because I felt like, to a certain degree, the bottomless pit stuff, to me anyway, kind of felt like a little more like inward looking uh, oh, than, yeah. than, than a lot of the silkworm stuff. Like, and like, talk about not thinking. Like, I never, even for a second, that, that was just pure, just, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and the songs are simple, a lot of them. Didn't ever think about tricking him up or anything it just like dump you know for sure on those first two records 100 yeah. percent. well and, and and so and how about how about the congress ep which i feel like is kind of a lesser known yeah yeah that, that's like a I lesser that known great. gem like i yeah. mean i think red pen is like one of your best songs yeah like, I think so from too. That band. Yeah. thanks yeah and yeah like, that's that's one that i'm like well I, so I, that was conceptual we actually were like okay we put out this record that's just like about michael and him dying yeah and its effect on us Let's just make a record about fucking, like 100%. <laughs> so that's why it's called Congress. Yeah. But uh, then I fucked it up by putting a super dark, song, like almost melodramatically dark song pitch on it. Um, and Andy was pissed off. <laughs> He's like, I, I thought, thought it was about fucking. It was just about sex, man. And I was like, well, why I, gotta make it I couldn't help. Okay, I couldn't help it. <laughs> but the other three songs are basically about that. Yeah. And there's those cats on the cover and stuff. So All right. that was good. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that, that was, um, and, uh, and of course I'm I'm enjoying that not only because I like the song because we're gonna play that next, even though that song oh, is cool, lo- that good. song is long as shit, but I, I think it's it's the exact length it needs to be as well. Good, and yeah, that's that's I agree. something that especially I'm gonna say I, I've not always been as impatient about that as I am now, but I certainly have like a okay, you, if your if your song is over a certain amount of length, you better be doing something really fucking. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this song meets that criteria. It'll give me a chance to go to the bathroom, too. That would be great. There you go.
That is uh, Red Pen by a little band you may have heard of, Tim, called Bottomless Pit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some young up-and-comers. They were fantastic. <laughs> and I got to see you at least the one fucking time, which I think oh, was, yeah. that la- was that last tour, I think. I think that I'm pretty sure it was just the one Yeah, time. could be uh, yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. At bottom of the hill. All my ex bandmates played with you, and th- like they didn't think that was that big of a deal. Like, oh yeah, they were good. I'm like, mm, <laughs> <son of> a- <laughs> <laughs> I love that club, bottom of the hill. It's one of the best clubs. Yeah, I saw Silk over there a couple times. Yes, actually. we loved it there. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> that place, Lion Jacks. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Crocodile in Seattle for a while was yeah. really oh, yeah, good. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the old Croc. Yeah, yeah, we went through a stretch there that was great. Yeah. So, and yeah. then there's the rest of the world. And then Whatever. the rest of it sucks. <laughs> no, there's a place <laughs> in the can blow me. There's a place in Shimokitazawa in Tokyo called Shelter that we only played once, but uh that place was like that. I like think, just wow. magical. I right. that. Yeah, super great. I don't know if that's it though. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else can suck it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we there, I think everyone, you know, everyone knows. Well, the, the most of the people who can be listening to this probably know the Silkworm story, but like mm. Bottomless Pit, how exactly did Bottomless Pit to Mint Mile become a thing? Like, like, like that was something that it didn't seem like there was yeah. a big announcement or anything. It's no. sort of well, we made that last record, Shape Perennial, which um, took a long time. <clears throat> it took three years to make it. Mm. The other Pit records were kind of not cobbled together. But they were made in bits and pieces here and there and mm-hmm. put together. Um, and then uh, we had remastered Libertine, Andy and Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, kind of blew me away how great it was, honestly. I mean, I just thought, man, this record is fucking awesome and it's so weird. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> right. so many weird choices that, <laughs> that even, because I, I hadn't heard it forever. And I was like, why did I do that? On, I played like <laughs> right, this weird right. two note thing and it doesn't match Joel's chords on the song at all but it sounds great Why, yeah. I don't know how I thought of it and then I realized it's because we played the shit out of that stuff and um, I was like okay we should make the next pit record you know like we'll just blow it out in like two days at electrical yeah. and of course we didn't do that but we, <laughs> we we did record all the basics in like a day and a half at electrical but it took us three years oh, <laughs> to get good enough to do it right <laughs> so anyway we worked really hard and got it good and I was still totally into it and everything and then between the time that record came out and that last long tour we did of the west coast like I said I just felt it uh, for me my connection to it was going away it was sort of like mm. it was it was just receding. It's kind of just know, disappearing into the, into the mist. The, yeah, <laughs> into the mist. Yeah, and it was weird, and I didn't know what to do about it because I've never broken up a band. Um, you know, Silkworm ended the way it ended, and yeah. I and I had ended because some people moved away, and uh, I don't think I maybe when I was thirteen I broke up a band, <laughs> but you know, other than that, <laughs> it's a little different than yeah, yeah, yeah and I, records and, and tours. And, and stuff. the other thing is, like, I love Andy. He's like the best electric guitar player in the world. You know, there's like. Literally, there's Neil yeah. Young and Richard Lloyd and Richard Thompson and Andy yeah. and like two, maybe one or two other people, but um, <laughs> not really exaggerating. No, no, no it's, I, it's I'd not. Say that's, that's a pretty accurate assessment. Like yeah, and, and we're pals. You yeah. know, we're, yeah. we're brothers. So uh, I didn't want to not play with him. I love Chris Manfred. I love Brian Orchard. They're the guys who played drums and bass. So it felt fucked up. But I was like, I think I gotta like not do this anymore because I didn't. Like I said, I was writing this other stuff, and I, I didn't want to make a solo record. I'm not a project guy, you right. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to be like have a new thing, and I, 
felt like we could have done it together, but it, like I said, it would take in hours of work yeah. every week to do it. And I knew it wasn't going to happen. You know? right, so right, yeah. it turned out great for, I think for, uh, most people. Cause like, uh, Wig, uh, Chris Manfred, <laughs> we call him, we call him Wig. It's an old nickname, but he um, he moved to Silver Springs, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, and seems very happy and stuff. That sucks because I don't get to see him. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was hard to do. I did it via email, which was shitty. I mean, Andy knew because we had talked about it. But I should my my justification was I wanted to be really exact about what I wanted to say, and yeah. there wasn't a discussion because. It was gonna happen, yeah. But yeah. I should have fucking talked to him about it. It was kind of babyish, but uh, whatever. I made it easy on myself. <laughs> as long as it wasn't a you know deer insert name. No. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. Text frowny face emoji. Not too into it anymore. I'm out. No, I just said I explained myself and, but it was weird because listening to the records, I was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Not. I don't want to get up and do it anymore. But it was really emotionally taxing. I mean, do you feel like it just kind of served its purpose to a certain degree? Like as far as like yeah, that, that, like, uh, yeah. I didn't think life. we could top the last record. Yeah, you know, yeah, For honestly. And I never felt that way in the worm. Or if I did, I didn't care. Like it was just part. <laughs> it's just what we did. Just right, right. Anyway. It's like what you do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just felt like, and it'll be cool. Our last full record, I think, is as good as any record we ever made, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I just never felt that way about it. But it was a different thing. I felt like. I don't know. Like I said, it was emotionally a lot. Um, the pit, like playing that stuff night, not night after night because we didn't tour that much, but it was just, it took a lot out of us, I think, to play it. Me and Andy, especially, maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, um, it was hard to do. I'm glad I did it, though. It worked out well for everybody, I think. I hope. Yeah, cool by me. I hope those guys aren't like, God damn, the fucking guy, (laughs) prick. (laughs) But you've got those records left. You know, it's not like anybody. It's not like anybody lost a job. Yeah, like right, right, right. My job touring as the guy in Bottomless Pit is over now. It's not like even ACDC broke up and like their whole crew had to go find some other fucking band to tour with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of start to feel that like. The pressure of Metallica. We're like, we're important. Yeah, like, right. People. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> we break up. That was not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, I'm not going to have to spend $25 on bass strings Sweet. every month. <laughs> Great. Cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. That does sound awesome. Yeah, well. <laughs> I used to, I never change, well, I change my 12 string strings a lot. Yeah. But on bass, like, I used to change my strings every two or three shows when we toured. Did you ever really? do, it seems like, insane. Did you ever do anything That's where you'd nuts. boil them or anything like no. that? No. I just... I would save them and then eventually throw them all away. But <laughs> yeah, so had I wanted it to have that doing sound and well, and, and I that can we see wear that. Out. Like that's that's you know somewhat intrinsic to your sound, but at the same time, it's like God, I don't I don't change a string unless I break one. No, and <laughs> and the bass that uh, yeah. <clears throat> Bernhardt uses in Mint Mile, that strings had never been changed on that bass. Oh my wow, <laughs> and it's twenty some years old. Too. That's that's amazing to me. But then also, I change strings every three shows or I break one. So, well, yeah, yeah, and and that's people have kept over and over trying to tell me like you know oh you need to do this or sa- or sand down that no 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 there, there, there's blah 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 no 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 I've done all of it like there, there's <laughs> one correlating factor I'm the factor <laughs> <laughs> this is me this is a Conan problem this is what we I, uh, I have toxic acidic sweat that, and that's my my lot in it. life I hope fun. I didn't tell this story in here but uh, in the early days of Build a Spill we played a couple of shows with them. And they were great. Uh, Brett Netson was playing guitar. That first built this building. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good. But um, so anyway, they were great and stuff. But Doug, 
March would break strings like like every other song. Wow. <laughs> it seemed like he was breaking a string. And of course, he only had one guitar, so you'd have to change it. <laughs> and finally, we were going to play like four shows with him. And the first night, he broke like five strings. And Andy took a guitar away from him. He's like, let me take this and get it fucking fixed for you because yeah. your guitar is fucked. Is, yeah, is and he's like, no, uh, how much is it going to cost? And Andy was like, fuck it. Just let me deal with it. So he took it to our guitar guy and he said, I've never worked on a guitar this fucked up is all. The neck was barely held on to it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he fixed it. And the next night we went and played with them wherever. And uh, and he Doug played a song. And he kind of looked out. He found Andy in the crowd and he checked the tuning. And he's like, it's totally fine. <laughs> and then he played another song. Like super shocked. He's like whammy, whammy, whammy. And it's like still in tune. He's like, holy shit. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Yeah. Oh, man. It was funny. <laughs> That's a little Doug. Anyway. Oh wow! <laughs> Humorous anecdote. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it, it's interesting how much that can affect the mindset of someone playing a show too, though. Like, I mean, for some yeah, people, like, you know, not at all. But it's like it's, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, everything's ruined. And then like, yeah, yeah. For the audience member, what? What did something happen? Cool, the cool people. Yeah. Like, I saw Fred Cole break strings. Yeah. Playing with Dead Moon, he just kept going. Just kept going. He's like, stop. now I have a five string guitar. Yeah, yeah. no big That's deal. It goes. NBD. Yeah, or I saw Mike Watt break a string one time, and he changed it faster than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. he just pulled one out of his back pocket. He knew his, he <laughs> he had probably <laughs> E and what? G and one and yeah. D and the other or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" Blah 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 blah. Yeah, all right, it's great to be here in Bozeman. All right, let's go. Amazing. <laughs> what a cool guy. Wow. He is. He's yeah. an awesome guy. Yeah. And and that's a. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we're getting oh, man, there. Jeez. I know. I want to do one more thing real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about cooking. Oh, okay. Because I was just looking. Uh, recently, we we're talking about obviously it's uh, getting close to turkey time, and on the uh, Midget Rub oh, yeah. website, oh right, some tips for for cooking turkey. Turkey, and I would just really yeah. appreciated like. Yeah. There's an interesting like thoughtful way that you approach. Uh, okay. Cooking that I really like. Good. And like it kind of reminds me of like the stuff I like to like the creativity. Okay. You know, right? Because um, that's why I like to cook. Okay, it's like I don't like to follow recipes. I like to yeah. see where I go, and so I appreciate that you kind of have a similar approach to that. Well, I think there's just like certain basic things that you just do when you cook. You know, especially if you're not making, if you're not baking, yeah. you don't really need a recipe because yeah. you know what ratios of stuff are going to do mostly. But yeah, I mean, the main thing with turkey is not to uh, neglect to season it. Yeah. appropriately <laughs> you know like i never had a brine turkey or whatever yeah, in yeah, my yeah. life until uh, i was probably 25 yeah because people just didn't do it you know right right and if you get the ones that are in the store or whatever they're probably yeah. uh either overdone with some kind of fake buttery stuff or whatever but yeah um yeah so you want me to run that down so Sure. Very quickly. <laughs> get get the turkey at least three days before you're going to cook it. And then uh, longer if it's frozen. And then you grind up some fresh herbs, typical rosemary, thyme, uh, basil, whatever. And you grind them up with salt and maybe some rub. And then you um, put that on the turkey and you put it inside of a couple garbage bags or maybe food safe bags if you're picky. <laughs> and then you put it in the, in the fridge and you, you turn it over the next three days. The first day, it sucks a bunch of water out. Second day, the water starts to come back in. Third day, all the water's back in with the herbaceous stuff. Nice. It works out great. 
And then you cook it at like 425 for 350 or whatever it is. I can't remember. Yeah. It's, on there. <laughs> it's on the website. Well, and, uh, and, and, and I just I just got just got word from uh, Radio Note World Headquarters uh, that we're, we're going a few minutes longer here just since we started a little, mm. little, sure, little, sure. little abbreviated. <clears throat> uh, so and I'll, interestingly enough, this uh, show will re-air on Thanksgiving. As, oh great! Well. So well, it'll be too late. If yeah. you're listening to this at to Thanksgiving cook. or later, too fucking bad. Save it for next year, buddy. Yeah, make it make uh, it for the first week of December. Have a good time. Well, you know, yeah. we do late Thanksgiving because uh, we want our friends to come and they're booked usually. So yeah, yeah. We do it like two. We're gonna go to Fogo de Chao on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's our jam. <laughs> Thanks. It's always time for Thanksgiving, folks. It's yeah. always time. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, I, I I I got two more things that 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 I want to get to and. Uh, the, one of them is one we always ask folks, but the other one is is there's multiple Silkworm tribute bands. Yeah, and, yeah. that's weird, right? You know, in, on one hand, it utterly makes sense if any if there was any it's band great. I could think of that would have multiple ones that are good. Too, yeah, that like they are good. Like, how, how does that feel? Like, how is that? Is it's that great. is that a, like a like is it? Is it cr- I mean, it's I don't even super know flattering. what I'm asking yeah. here, but it just seems like it's it's crazy. That <laughs> no, it's I've seen thing, uh, right? clips. Uh, I don't think I've seen. The watery percentages, uh, who are from Columbus, Ohio, yeah. uh, but I've seen them play and I've heard them cover stuff mm-hmm. in recordings, and it's great. It doesn't. It's it's different because it doesn't sound like the worm, especially, but it sounds like them, and it's totally great and nice. valid. Yeah. And um, then the other band is this band, uh, Heather Love Silkworm. Yep. Named after our friend Heather Winna because we were our favorite band or whatever, supposedly. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and those guys were great and, um, it's just super flattering. Like Chris Rasmussen who played bass in that thing. He like, there's so many little tiny little things about the bass shit that he figured out Yeah, that I wouldn't yeah. think anyone would give a shit about or like watching, um, Evan Rowe play oh, the God. drums and that yeah. band. He doesn't normally play like that. No, he doesn't. But he, he went to school on that shit. Yeah. And uh, when I first heard him, it totally blew me away. You know, it actually sounded like Michael. And yeah, I was like, I, in I a never way thought I'd hear someone do that. Because, like, in a way that nobody really sounds like Michael. No, right? no one so does. It's like so interesting. But of course, if anyone could do it, it's <clears throat> fucking Evan. Yeah. He's also a great guitar player, too. Yeah. yeah so, so, that's so, the part uh, that killed me on that, yeah. that show where he just, like, he and Chris switched. You fucking play guitar, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very flattering, and beyond that, it sounded good. That so, did. Um, I, God. you know, I can't. I, can't I mean, was remember. it interesting to like see those songs kind of be living and yeah, like, great. It be felt on great. the other side of it. Yeah, I mean, like it was. It was very emotional and uh, and cool. You know, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. Not something I would have expected to happen, or you know, I wouldn't have expected someone to make a movie about that band or right. yeah. that shit. And that's a great movie too. It is like, great. I would, I'd say that even if you weren't in the room with me, it <laughs> is. It's really good, and you know, it's good. I mean, I don't ever care about being validated or whatever because I'm kind of lost in, happily in this bubble of just making stuff. But every now and then something like that happens, and it kind of jars you, and you realize, oh, other people will pay attention to it. Right. You yeah. get, that's that's cool. <laughs> you, you, you get you get reminded at, at times. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, huh. that's nice. Huh. Yeah. All right. I try not to think about that too much. No, that that way lies madness. Yeah. Yeah. But when it pops up in front of you, like it's a one way thing. It's like there's neutral. And then there's good above that if yeah. someone pays attention and if no one cares or if they hate it, I don't care. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so they, they, you don't ever have to like drop into the into the uh, the other part of the meter. I no. never do that. It's good. No, and it's not because I think it's so awesome. It's just I don't have a choice. I'm just going to keep doing it. You know. Yeah. I, it's not like I'm going to stop. 
because no one else cares or whatever. Well, <laughs> I start because anybody cared in the first place. Yeah, right, exactly. No one cared when I started doing it. Yeah. So, and you inadvertently answered the last question, which is really just why do you do what you do? But yes, yeah, compulsion. Really, I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, why do you? Uh, uh, I don't know. Why do you? Um, do anything why do you bathe you know <laughs> keeps you clean makes you feel good and um you know it's it, it is like just this process of like um working your way through life sort of and that's mm-hmm. part of how i do it now so yeah when i don't play music like i haven't played guitar for a week and i feel pretty out of sorts that's really unusual mm. for me do you find yourself you play a lot just yeah like for the fuck of it yes and i've just been working too much and i haven't had a chance to do it and i yeah. feel kind of shitty honestly i feel better now that i've said you're talking to you guys for a while but um <laughs> well good thank you you know i need to get i need to play guitar like tomorrow right yeah. right um huh. because that's just something it's like riding a bike or whatever getting exercise it's just invigorates me in some basic way it's a really animalistic mm-hmm. like it's lighting up that area that's of the what brain. i was talking about self-expression and stuff like yeah. that's all bullshit for me at least <laughs> It's much more basic than that. It's yeah, like a dopamine, yeah. serotonin thing, yeah. you know. And uh, playing live is for sure 100% like that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sucks you right. Yes, ideally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then. I never regret it. You know, I've never right. regretted playing a show. I don't yeah. remember that happening. I mean, I, but there have probably been shows that, like, maybe, you know, obviously some, some shows are better than others. and some There just were some shows be, that weren't worth it. Yeah. That's different. Objectively, yeah. <laughs> probably a lot of them, but uh, you know, on the face of it, yeah. Uh, so, and I guess, uh, yeah, like I, like I, I guess when it, when it comes down to it, like when, when you look at your everything that you've done, because you've got a pretty heroic discography. Um, oh, thanks. It, I mean, both in in weight and just number as well. I <laughs> yeah, mean, like, for sure. <laughs> Magnitude. Like, like there's just there's just a lot, and it's something mm. where. I think there is, is a, a very consistent through line through all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like we, we talked earlier and you mentioned like being able to actually listen to like some of that stuff as music. Now, yeah. As opposed to just it's like weird. a series of like a remembered experience or yeah. whatever along those yeah. lines. Like, do you find that it takes like, is there a, like a formula f- or something it, it, like for how that changes? Like, is it something that's natural? Does it like, is it like oh, a fading I, memory or something? It just snuck up on me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, when I we went back to remaster that uh, Libertine record, I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, yeah. so jarring and weird, and like, I can't. Do <laughs> it's I, weird, I didn't even know I ever played music like that. Yeah, like, that's just fucking bizarre." And then we went back to In the West after that, and it was like even more like that. Yeah, like yeah. it has this like speed metal-y stuff on it. I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck? Did you know? What were we doing? It's like this weird, like sloppy mix of like Neil Young and speed metal or something. Right. It's weird <laughs> yeah. as hell." And I and to me it's it at the time it was seemed totally normal, right? You know, so I don't know. Like maybe the stuff I'm doing now. Well, I had a friend of mine tell me one of the tracks, the song "Modern Day" and the first Mint Mile thing. He was like, "That song is like being on acid. Like it's so fucking drifty and weird." And I'm like, "Well, I wanted it to be like that, but it doesn't seem that weird to me." Yeah. So maybe in like ten years I'll listen to it and it'll be bizarre. I don't know. And- I, I don't know. I don't know when that happens. <laughs> right. Right. And what's well, it? I mean, so do you find okay? And then with the fact that your music does seem to like you know c- connect very deeply with folks, do you find like people like are eager to tell you their experiences? Yeah, uh, about it. Yeah, 
which is great. Because right now, you just said that and it reminded me of, I saw a silkworm in Victoria, Canada with shellac. Yeah, I remember that show, yeah. I, yeah, and, and it was, it was, a first, it was I think that might have been the first time that I actually saw you guys play, too. And it was mm. a weird, like, we didn't have anything to do other than go to the show, so we sat around for, like, forever, me and my friend. <laughs> yeah. And I also heard the X on the, uh, the sound system for the first time ever. Oh, and man. And I was like, oh. This kicks ass. At what that is weird this? pub. It was yeah, like that a weird, pub. like, freaking Irish pub. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, like, just 20 stoked people that were there and mm-hmm. some regulars. But the people there were, like, fucking all in, mm-hmm. myself included. And, yeah, you, I, if I remember, I believe you started with Garden City Blues. And I was just like, and Could that be. was, I was only familiar with Developer and Firewater at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is cool mm-hmm. and like i wasn't even aware of like the the joel era yet. yeah like, i was such a casual fan i was like oh this yeah. is huh huh, huh. yeah <laughs> and, and it's such a like, like i can like picture myself there right now and yeah. i've seen a lot of motherfucking shows my friend mm-hmm. like, i've seen a lot of shows mm-hmm. i played a lot of shows but like it's so right there yeah because of like what you guys do and what that uh, cool what that experience is well i think that song is a good one. It's really evocative and stuff. And every now and then, like I'll listen to something like that, and I'm like, man, that's great. Good for me, <laughs> you know. And that's not just okay. me, because no, w- no, with me it was three chords, and then those guys did everything they did. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but then you know that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you listen to stuff and you're like, well, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. thinking about that. <laughs> but um, that's how Joel and I, uh, Josh and I, answered that real quick. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> what were you thinking of that one, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I put that on a record. Yeah, but um, dumb idea. But you know, sometimes you just get it right, and it's better. Like a song like that, for sure, wasn't thinking at all about what I, I know what it's about. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking about what it was about when I wrote it. You know. Yeah. So I try to turn my brain off <laughs> as much as I can in right. life. I think it's healthy. It is more, <laughs> more than likely. That's what I hear anyway. If you could do it naturally, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If, again, <laughs> not like not like a fake brain turn off. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those will bite you in the ass every time. Ah, all right. Well, man, I'm so I'm. It's, it's so great to have you here, man. Like this, this is uh, this has been this has been such a blast. Like, Th- thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. As yeah. per normal, I feel like we could talk for a couple hours more, but I understand that you have things to go do. <laughs> right on. <laughs> People that will miss you. Oh yeah, yeah. You will not be no. chained to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. In the lair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if people want to find out more about Mint Mile stuff, I know Comedy Mix one. Uh, there's a Mint Mile bank. Uh, yeah. Mint Mile dot bank. The best place for people to get stuff. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all through John and Comedy Mouse one. Yeah. You can either do it through the other side or on. there. Yeah. Keep stocked. Yes. He has. <laughs> I don't think he has an overload of them, but uh, the first one's good. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I'm excited to hear the music talked about. It's good. What we're talking about. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to hear it all. I'm excited to hear that specific song I've referenced. And it's. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this show is called Platonic Reversal. You're soaking in it. Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain. Uh, signing Pacific. off. Signing more Good. Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at Get sea. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. Anyone within Get the sound music of my music voice. Off coming next week, my listeners. 
I guess after, if you're listening to this with enough time, have a great Thanksgiving. I I've got. Sure. And, and if not, not hope you had a good one. 50,000 watts of power. Still around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we made it to the whole time. Uh, Josh. Oh, hey, you know. Ionize the air. Just, <laughs> just a quick reminder, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can find this show on RadioDome.com. Uh, yeah. This Tim, thanks microphone right on, turns sound into electricity. As always, until next time. Can you hear me now? Get you later. Out on Route 128, you're dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive? Got my radio on. 